Welcome to the Die Bar of the IWC. Welcome to Wrestling on the Rocks, episode one. Uh, again, I'm at Raf Marsh. We are at WTR, the show, and this is Thanksgiving. We're doing a Thanksgiving Day special pre-recorded, so no chat. So if you're in the chat making comments, thank you and cheers to you. But that's the last you're going to hear from us direct. With me today to talk a little bit of full gear, which was awfully close to half-assed. I'm just kidding. Miss Amanda Jane. <laughs> Well, hi. Happy Turkey Day to all my turkey buddies. So grab a Mm -hmm. drink like that weird eggnog concoction that you had. That was great. That was fantastic. It's still something. I wish I had more of that stuff lying around, but Mm. I finished it all off. So good. Mm. I am having Terramana on the rocks today. What are you having? I am having a Golden State Cider today. We are oh, doing yeah, the, the little otter. Yeah, the little otter. Mm-hmm. Mm. I'm doing the Heimica because I was calling it Jamaica and I was told wrong. <laughs> yeah, Jamaica. Uh, yeah, absolutely. It's all good. Very good. So, I mean, I'm, I feel like when I have Terramana on the rocks, it's like having the rock on the rocks. Double rocks. Mm-hmm. Rock and rock. I'm into it. Or would it be pebbles? No. 
No. Never mind. No, it can't be pebbles. That'd be little poops. There we go. We didn't have that last episode. Uh, it's hard to say. It makes a lot of episodes. I know, but you you had it in your hand, and I was waiting at one point, and you didn't do it. I was like, "Wow, there's a restraint. What's going on?" It depends. It depends on when when one leaks out. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Well, that was Good like stuff. the first match on the the show before whatever they call it. What the hell do they call? It? I don't know. Yeah, they had zero hour for their pre-show. It did have three matches, Best Friends versus The Factory. It had Ricky Starks versus Brian Cage in a full-gear world title eliminator tournament semifinal. Oh, God. That's a lot of words for one match that just means regular rules. Uh, yeah. And it also had Eddie Kingston versus, uh, is it June Akiyama? Mm-hmm. Is that how they say it? June Akiyama. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Uh, I only watched the Ricky Starks Brian Cage match. I have no interest in seeing anything that has to do with best friends or the factory. So them together felt like a really nice spot in my book. Perfect. Yeah. Book the gar- get all the garbage out of the way right away. Mm-hmm. Um, and then I did have Eddie- a question though. What's up? I know you didn't see it, but you kind of are versed in Danhausen. So what's the deal with like this dark, evil Danhausen with a jar of teeth and a and a spike? What's that? Yeah. About? It's just it's it's like a more true to form Danhausen. He was darker, I think, on the indies in general most of the time. And when he by the time he got to AEW, he was just nothing but joke. And so I think it's just his slightly more serious side to it. I didn't watch the match. I did see that he came in like towards the end of it, which I always hate shit like that. When it's like, hey, this guy's in the match, but we're waiting for him. It's like, okay, so like so much shit is telegraphed. I think it's my absolute biggest gripe with AEW at this point is they're telegraphing everything so far out that people will tell you when there's going to be a surprise. Oh, Dan yeah. Housen's going to come out and it'll be a surprise. No, it won't. No, Dan <laughs> coming out. Yeah, you just said he's coming out. I know he's coming out. And it's like, oh, yeah, but it'll be like a different presentation. Okay, well, that's not a surprise then either. Like, if you can guess everything that's about to happen, none of it's a surprise, right? It's one thing foreshadowing. It's another thing to telegraph everything you're doing. Um, but it's a darker side. It's actually a, a part of Dan Housen's character that I enjoy more than mm. um, than what he was doing when he first got there. If I'm being honest, uh, what I think is interesting about the teeth jar, and I don't know if he used them in there, so you have to tell me the he idea. He pours it into somebody's mouth and then he'll kick mm-hmm. them. The psychology behind that is it's not illegal to have teeth in your mouth. Everyone already has teeth in their mouth. So if he adds teeth to your mouth, they can't disqualify him because it's simply what's already there. He's just adding additional. So his thought process is it's not breaking the rules because you already have teeth in your mouth, but it is uh, psychologically messing with somebody because it's not their teeth in their mouth. So it's a more of a psychological thing than it is a damage thing. Uh, the spike, I don't remember the stuff behind it as much, but I know he had it. He used to use it. He didn't use it. The teeth, it was clear. I was like, oh, yeah. look, Tic Tacs. Yeah. No, they're but, real teeth. They're real human teeth. No. Yep. He gets real human <laughs> teeth, and they're cleaned, and he never reuses them. Any teeth that are not in the jar when the thing is, when the spot's over, go away. Oh. Which I don't know what he does with them. I would just re-clean them, re-sanitize them, if you're just going to do it anyways. Okay, yuck. 
Yeah. And that's not my thing. Yeah. Yeah. But I did like I to see that for Danhausen, to be honest. I did see the clip and yeah, I enjoyed uh, seeing him get a, a nice little fresh coat because it feels like that you might be able to do more with him. Yeah. So but you know, I'm like, okay. It was it was weird. And I just was like, okay. Yeah. 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 Was it necessary? No. Nothing that Danhausen's character does is necessary. The idea of the Danhausen character is that he's trying to make money. So he doesn't want to do things that he thinks might prevent him from making money. He doesn't want to be disqualified. I don't see that at all. Oh, yeah. They don't explain it well. Uh, But that's his idea is you get money by winning. So he wants to win to make money. So he doesn't want to lose. So he doesn't want to get disqualified. He doesn't want to curse because he doesn't want you not on TV. And on TV, you're not allowed to curse. And all those things are wrapped around the idea of him trying to make the most amount of money from a character standpoint, which is kind of cool. Okay, if if I knew that, then okay, yeah, that's cool. Because you know who does a very good job of that is Toru Yanu. That's his fucking shtick right there. You know? Okay, I didn't know that. And he doesn't speak English very well, and you know, and you already know what's coming, you know, with him. It's all about, yeah. you know, being sneaky to get the win, you know about money he'll promote whatever i mean he promotes his own brand of curry apparently and you know videotapes all sorts of stuff and you know you expect that kind yeah. of sort of because you know because it's very blatant and obvious yeah. this dan house and stuff i you know what I, I didn't know that i'm like oh does it make sense now kind of but yeah. i wish i knew that because then i i think i would enjoy it a little bit more yeah, I would say that's one of the biggest issues with the Dan Housen character. Um, and it has been since he was on the Indies. The only reason I knew all that stuff is hearing him break it down in all of his in a couple of interviews he had. But you'd have to like watch everything he does to pick up on that, and it should be a lot more clear and a lot more evident right away. But yeah. <clears throat> um, before we talk about Ricky and Brian, the other match on the pre-show is Eddie Kingston versus Akiyama. I know this was like a dream match of his and he wanted to. I saw the end where he was bowing and looked kind of emotional. Uh, mm-hmm. really excited Eddie got to have that match. Uh, I wasn't gonna, I, I mean, it's cool, but I, it's not my dream match. It's fine that he can have it. I don't need to see, I don't, I don't need to see 20 matches in six hours, uh, and watch everything. That's just going to be a feel good moment for every person. Like that's fine. Mm-hmm. I'm, I'm really happy he had the match. Maybe mm-hmm. eventually one day I'll go back and watch it. But as of right now, it's fine. Whatever. I'm happy. He did yeah. it. How was match? I'd say go back. You know, if you get time, go back and watch it because it's really interesting. You can kind you can see with his match with with Akiyama, you can see a lot of the influence in what Eddie does. One and then two, this is the first time in a very very long time they didn't make him look like a bitch. And he's got to have the match he wanted to have. Is probably what it was. Well, yeah, but not only just that too, but you know, Eddie gets, you know, I keep saying it. He's the Rodney Danger. He gets no respect at mm-hmm. all as far as ADW goes, you know? Yeah. And I think this one really here, it rose his stock again. You mm. know, like, this is fucking Eddie Kingston. Even though, yes, he was emotional, because afterwards he got really emotional to give him the mic, and it, it was great. But I think that, you know, is this a little too late for Eddie? Maybe. But it's good to see him in what his element is and what he should be, because... We've not seen that in God, maybe like some of the first match since you know he first was came around. So, yeah, 
the reason I wouldn't say it's too late for Eddie's because I don't think that their audience, their audience isn't super receptive to the booking. They just accept what they're given every time. Uh, but they, you shouldn't accept it. You should. But they do. So I don't know that it's too late for him because all it's going to take is one win and one promo. And okay, I'm totally bought back in now. They don't care how shitty the booking is to get somewhere. They're going to defend it till the end. So I don't, know. I don't think it's too late for him. I think there's still an opportunity for him to even win a world championship if they just set the right date and time in the right location. People will just be like, I'm bought in. They don't need anything else around it. Yeah, but you got to think about it. There's way too many people in line, not as many championships. And we all know how Tony is. So the likelihood not of as that many is... championships. They have 24 championships on the air in two hours. They don't have 24. Yes, they do. Someone pointed, like, counted them all out between all the Ring of Honor, all the Did AEW, and mm-hmm. and if FTR comes out there, then you've also got like the AAA and New Japan. IWGP, like, mm-hmm. yeah, like between all of the different people. Oh, and what was it? Uh, Sheeta came out the once with the someone else's championship. Adult, yeah. Like there was there was a dynamite not that long ago where it was 24 championships mm-hmm. on it. Not a single match didn't have a champion of someone's which is kind of it's just crazy dude like i'm just sad that cardona didn't bring his fucking internet championship that would have been great but you know he should have he should have should have been rocking it mm-hmm. um Ooh. but it's cool for eddie i'm glad he had that match and i'm glad he's getting to do what he wants to do because at the end of the day it just seems like with everybody there you're just kind of sitting around and waiting for your moment and mm-hmm. the booking isn't going to be an indication of whether or not your moment is or is not coming you know what i mean yeah yeah so let him have fun while he can. Let him make the money while he can. And hey, if he gets a shot, I'm all for it. I have no problem seeing Eddie do stuff. But yeah. I'm also going to watch everything everybody does if it doesn't matter. Speaking of doesn't matter, Ricky Starks beat Brian Cage at full gear for the Duh. World Title Eliminator Tournament semifinal, meaning he's going to go on to face Ethan Page I, I, on Wednesday, I so which was yesterday. So, so by now you will have seen that Ricky Starks lost miserably. I'm just kidding. I actually think he's going to probably pull it out, but I know a lot of I people who think you. it's going to be Ethan Page. I told you, episode one. I told all of you. Okay, y'all look at me like I'm an asshole, but I told yes, you all. <laughs> I, can, I you know, it, I told you, Ricky Starks, Ethan Page. Now there's an there's all sorts of interesting dynamics, as you already know. We have a new, um, I don't mean to go ahead all the way, but it'll be very, very interesting. But remember, I said it episode one. I believed. Mm-hmm. And I guess with Ethan Page and Ricky going down to the finals there, and with the new champion being, uh, uh, we'll talk about it when we get there, because I feel like there's a lot of complications with MJF right now. As yeah, far as are. trying to book them stories, it's yeah, going to be really are. difficult, I think. Um, there are. So we'll see what we do. Mm-hmm. Um, but the match itself was pretty cool. What I like about Ricky's cell jobs, so a lot of times we see super clear and obvious cooperation, especially in AEW. And I want to say that, yes, a good chunk of that falls on the performers for not trying to make it look natural in any way. But I'd also say that, there's a good chunk of time when that's just production's fault for shooting it at the angle they'd shot it at. Um, mm-hmm. Like when we talk about that triple threat coming up, 
that whole match was ruined by production alone. If it was shot from different angles, it would have been the best fucking match. But every angle oh, they yeah. picked was the worst angle for that to be shot at. Mm-hmm. I just kept oh, yeah. going like, turn the camera the other way. Like, <laughs> <laughs> it was really bad. There's some points like I was like, why is the camera like, why are we yeah. using that stupid camera on the ring? Why? Yeah, why are we using that camera there? Why is that camera guy not moving when he sees what he's getting? Mm-hmm. Why are they staying on it? Like it was crazy. But yeah. With that in mind, with Ricky and Brian, their cooperation, this is where I say that a large portion definitely does fall on the performers because you can see clearly here how a good performer can make it not seem that way. The cooperation they had was such that it was also a sell of Ricky on how strong Brian was. When Ricky had to jump into a move just because of like their differences in size, they did it in a way where it looked like Brian just yanked Ricky and Ricky flew because he's just that strong. And mm-hmm. it was really cool because it's all like otherwise you'd see people just jump up on someone's shoulders. He was like, tug on my arm like this, basically, and it's going to look like you've thrown me onto your shoulders. Like Ricky's cells are so awesome with Brian. Plus, Brian is that strong that I'm sure it was mm-hmm. like these two performers working together to make it look natural, you know? Mm-hmm. What the fuck? Oh, what is that? There's like a fucking truck backing up in the house. <laughs> My good lord! Wow, you're well, telling me you don't hear that? Okay. <laughs> As Marsh tries to figure out what the truck is backing up into his house, um, I will say that I think Brian Cage of the any of these the big dudes, okay. I think Brian Cage is him, and I'll say Jeff Cobb. Okay, are the two of these really big guys that you think, holy shit, these guys are strong, you know, these big Haas dudes. And they, when they wrestle, for the most part, whoever they're wrestling with, they always have a way of making themselves really look that strong. Even though, yeah, I know both of them are very, very strong, but they just have this way about them when they're working. Because I've never seen it where it wasn't, believable like one of the ones that i think is probably a scary match with like jeff cobb and brody king two big motherfuckers who you know like you know they're strong as fuck and you do not want to see any of those dudes in a dark alley man that that's some scary some scary shit but the great thing about those guys all three of them because i'll put brody in that aspect too is they know how to work it with anybody to show that dominance with it and make it look believable. So when you have like David and Goliath moments, yeah, that could be possible, you know, yeah. and they, and they work well with it. It There's some people who are big who, you know, they don't move as well. So, um, but we'll get into that one when we talk about the, that, the, the horrible cam- camera angles in that one, in the one match with, you know, yeah, so talk about Ricky. Yeah. This is your chance to talk about Ricky wrestling in oh, a t-shirt you? and diapers. Okay. Why do you wrestle with the t-shirt the whole match? What was yeah. that about? Why? Well, he had apparently he had he was bandaged up. Now I don't they no one ever really quite explained what had happened between Arch when he wrestled with Archer and whatever. There was a interview segment that was on the interwebs that he was holding an ice bag after the match on his neck. Um, but that didn't justify like his arm being his one arm being 
really taped up with like ace bandages. His torso was taped up with ace bandages. So I don't know if that was just the work and that's why he did it. I don't know. Okay, but then that's a terrible work job. It, if your it, whole thing is that you're injured so you're all taped up, they, show yeah. that you're taped up. Take the Kate shirt off. He should have ripped the shirt off. Yes. He should have. Yes, and that didn't because happen. Ricky should have gone out there being like, I'm not trying to give away that I'm injured. And like you said, yeah. Kate should have ripped off the shirt, selling yeah. the fact that I know you're injured, and now everyone's going to see that you're injured. Like, mm -hmm. why are you hiding it if it's I know. That's work? where I thought was very strange. So then the trunks. Okay, I think I've said this before in episode one about yeah. white trunks. And I know specifically I've said this about Ricky. White trunks look like a diaper, usually. There are certain people who should not be wearing white trunks. Ricky Starks is one of them. Because that whole time in the match, and okay, all right, you all know I'm that girl. It looked like he had a permanent wedgie the whole time. And I kept thinking to myself, Ricky, pull, the, pull your tights so the wedgie comes out. Because it was quite annoying. And I'm sitting there, there's one point where I'm like, oh, thank God. He moved so it would you know, come undone, but nope, it went right back because butt was eating his shorts. So, people, when you're getting gear done, men, make sure you know, and the person who's designing your stuff knows your body type. Be confident in saying, you know what, I have junk or I don't have junk. Be confident yeah. in what you got. Because if you've got, you know, a little caboose, and I'm calling Ricky, the he's the little engine that could with the big caboose that's his theme now so you you need to make sure that they fit right so you know you don't see that because it's very distracting and that's my psa on white trunks thank you yep, there it is it's the mm -hmm. here for the dude butts moment of the week yeah but but even then it takes away from the action okay and i don't want to be that girl but i am that girl but i don't want to be that you know, I'm not watching it for that. Well, you know, not solely, but I. Otherwise, the match was great. Those guys work really well together. Uh, I thought it was great. Yeah, yeah, it was, just good. was. Yeah, Taz was. I thought Taz was very, very um, good on commentary for this one. I know we don't like Taz too. normally. But he was really great at pointing out a lot it's of. It's not the, even that know. I don't like Taz. I do you don't like, like Taz. I just think that he doesn't add much to commentary when he just sits there and tries to make himself laugh. Mm -hmm. Like you're supposed to be putting over the story in the ring and instead you're trying to make yourself laugh with your buddies you're sitting with because you don't give a shit and you mm -hmm. just don't care and what you're watching isn't that entertaining so you're going to make yourself laugh. I get it, but it takes away from the moments in the and the story and I feel like he does that too much. Um, but in this match, he did not do that much at all. There was a couple moments where they made themselves laugh, him and Ethan Page. Um, yeah, but there was a lot him. where he actually was adding to the story, and I was like, okay, good, because yeah. yeah, like I said, I like Taz. If all you're doing is trying to make yourself laugh on commentary, you're taking away, not adding to. Oh, and by the way, we only heard yam bags once last night. I don't care about the term yam bags. I'm just saying. Well, I know, but when he does like, oh, it, Taz and the yam bags. Oh, then here's a counter. Taz said yam bags like 20 times now. You know. Anything else you want to say about Ricky and Brian? Um, great. It was a really great match. Um, I don't think it should have been 
on this undercard, but you know, whatever. Mm. You know, but it is who do you think wins in the finals? Do you think it's going to be Paige or Starks? <sighs> this is a hard one, and it goes into what we're going to talk about later with um, the champ. Yep. Um, honestly, there, I think you've got to weigh it two ways. You've got a story with Stokely Hathaway that's not resolved with MJF. You also have this little engine that could with Ricky, you know, so what do you do? Someone's going to get screwed. Now, what I'm thinking is somehow Ethan Page is going to win. And this is going to set up a whole thing where we're going to get matches with like Ricky and Lee Moriarty, which I'm fucking there for. You know, we're going to get we're going to get a little feud. And I think that's going to be awesome. So that's where I'm hoping it will go. That's my prediction. It's going to go that way. Because if you give the little engine that could the shot against MJF, he ain't winning. He ain't going nowhere. So Ethan Page, I think, can afford the loss against MJF. Because I don't think that he really is in that picture. He's never been in that picture. So, you know, all the stories that he's had, no. And especially when you hear some of the promos that Ricky is cutting lately, like, again, going um, the AEW Twitter, um, that he cut another one yesterday. And you're, I'm sitting there like, you know, they're priming him for something, but this is not, this is not, this is not the time. Because it's not his time. And I feel for both of them. Because it's a horrible time to be trying to, you know, become AEW champion. Yeah. Horrible time. Because yeah. MJF. It feels lose-lose. It feels super lose-lose. Yeah. No matter who's going to go up against MJF, it's going to be fed to him and spit out. And I'm just trying to think of, like, who's who would it damage the least? Because, realistically, you're trying to build people who I you think, think should be contenders. Hmm? Ethan Page. It damages him the least. Ricky, it's going to, that that's like putting nails in the coffin. The so promos thought, would be great back and forth, but it's gonna, it's nails in the coffin. And Ethan Page can take the hit because he's had such shitty things. His run with Scorpio Sky and all that shit with Dan Lambert. This shit. Yeah. Yeah. So my thought is the... the between Ricky and Ethan, the difficulty you're going to have is that MJF is definitely and has been the heel, but he is so beloved by the fans that he's definitely the babyface. So if you have him go up against Ethan Page, it's kind of a heel versus heel storyline where people are still going to cheer for MJF anyways, mm -hmm. but they're going to want Ethan to lose. If Ricky goes in there, you're going to have babyface versus heel promos going into it. But you're going to have people wanting Starks to lose. And if he's the baby face, you don't want him going in there with people wanting him to lose. Because they're going to they're gonna be like, oh, it's nice, but MJF needs to have a long reign and he needs this and that. And like, The fans are just so far behind MJF mm -hmm. that no one's going to want either one of them to win to begin with. So, And Ricky's got a lot of really great momentum now. People are finally starting to love Ricky Starks. Anyways, I... Yeah. Not to go to being bitter, but I think that with Ricky now, definitely you, you can't you can't kill that that momentum. You ju you just can't. I mean, 
he's overcome a lot of things. And, you know, remember in that one promo, he doesn't mind losing. You know, he was okay with losing to Swerve and, and you know, and Keasley. He was okay with it. So with this, I think it's going to, for him, it's the best move to do because, you know, he's like, okay, it's my time. It's my time. But you also have to be humbled. And this isn't your time because it's somebody else's time. So it's very interesting that I think that they're going this route with some of the younger people that they haven't really exposed and not the normal. So kudos to that. But, you know, it's going to be interesting how it all plays out. They also both have a ton of momentum. So either way, you're crushing someone's momentum. So who can do the best with having stunted momentum to begin with? This is the first bit of momentum that Ethan Page has ever got. This is the third bit of momentum that Ricky Starks has gotten. So it's like, do we just start and stop with Ricky over and over again? Do we start doing start and stop with Ethan Page? Like, I don't know. I feel like they really booked themselves into a corner there as far as like who's going to be sacrificed to MJF and who's going to take the least amount of damage. And I feel like that Tony's not going to consider that when he does it. I think it's going to come down to what kind of promos does he want to see? Two bad guys making out trying to bad guy each other or a good guy and a bad guy trying to one-up each other. Well. Kind of makes me think that Ricky's going to win and then lose pretty pretty right away. No, I think, no. They, they wouldn't build up that tension with Stokely and his gang without a payoff because there's no payoff. Mm-hmm. There has not been a payoff yet. Yeah. Yeah, mm-hmm. they need one. They could even have Stokely cost Ricky, and then you also, like, you could have Ethan Page win by Stokely's gang mm-hmm. stopping Ricky, and then you can build more more sympathy on Ricky and kind of continue to build yeah. the story while you get the MJF yeah. and Stokely thing and out of the way right away. Like yeah, like I said, you'd be getting really quality matches. Like, who doesn't want to see Lee Moriarty versus Starks? I do. Mm. Don't need to see him against uh, um, Enzo's old buddy. No. Morrissey or whatever. But you know, Ricky Starks. Yeah, that'll be great. I mean, if you guys want a sneak preview to, well, the match is a little jokey, but if you ever want a little sneak preview to like Ethan Page and Ricky Starks, they've wrestled each other. I think it out for one. Uh, Ethan Page's old promotion. Mm. Check it out. And you might see some peach action. Mm. I'll guarantee that. But don't be that person. What did you think about the big return of Soraya? You had Soraya versus Britt Baker. You know, when she came out, I I was I I was kind of choked up mm. because I don't think that one she expected the reaction that she got from the crowd, mixed with "Oh my god, I can't believe that I'm here and I'm going to do this again." She was very overwhelmed with it. Yeah, and I think that she. Going into it, I know, yeah, you haven't wrestled in five years. And this probably, her training was probably pretty quick. She didn't probably have a lot. But she didn't look as rusty as I thought she would. Yes. And to be honest, that whole match, she really elevated Britt Baker. Because Britt was kind of, well, I think it's because there is kind of that, what's right, there's, there's a leadership quality and I think the quality because she's had very big moments, you know, 
Like, I don't know what you're, I don't know what you're answering. So let me re-question. Let me rephrase the yeah. question. You said that Soraya elevated Britt Baker. Britt Baker is yeah. the single top person in that entire division. Yeah, but she elevated, she made her look decent and good in the ring, which she didn't. That was the So she elevated she her in-ring look. Yep. It okay. sure did. It sure did. Because she wasn't sloppy. She looked a little bit more controlled. She actually kind of looked confident in herself. Britt actually looked rustier than Soraya by the end of the match. Well, she did by the end of the match because she's not used to having someone that she's wrestling that has had that kind of caliber of like big time match. You know what I mean? Yeah. I was really surprised mm-hmm. by the crowd here in that they were very receptive to Saria coming out, but then they were mm-hmm. largely non-responsive during most of the match. They did not really pop at the finish. They were chanting for mm-hmm. Brit most of the match. Mm-hmm. And so there was a, yeah. I think they really built this, poorly if you have Soraya making a big return after five years of like may never wrestle again and the crowd wasn't on fire to see her win a match against somebody big time they were kind of like oh I guess Soraya won gap golf clap and it was really emotional and it was a big deal um yeah Britt was 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 really off on a lot of stuff I felt like Soraya looked better but she still also looked Soraya looked better than I thought she would Mm-hmm. she didn't look like she's the best wrestler that i've ever seen in my life by any means which is also fine but it looks like hey we are starting off at a really good foot yeah. and as long as she keeps getting better as she goes this is going to be awesome mm-hmm. yeah uh i saw them talk way too much they were chit-chatting in the ring about everything like it was just way too much talking i thought like they weren't yeah. hiding it at all you would see brit run over lean down whisper something to Paige, and then run to the other side of the ring and then they did the spot that she ran over to tell her like what the fuck? Yeah. You also and you also saw too there was a lot of hesitation yes. with some of the moves that Britt had. But for the most part, I mean, for her, it was it was a good showing. And I think when you are in the ring with people who know what the fuck they're doing and you're not fucking putting your ego into it, then it's gonna be good. That's where like her and Thunder Rosa. She knew she wasn't the fucking the good wrestler in that. And she mm-hmm. had an ego. She didn't like that. Yeah. Yeah. You know? And it's like, you can learn so much from fucking Thunder Rosa. And yet you're going to fucking whatever, bitch. Yeah. And I think but, Brit, yeah. not only was there a lot of hesitation in her own stuff, a lot of it was like really soft, really tappy, even her mm-hmm. own bumps. Like Soraya was tossing Brit into something and Brit just like, falls on her feet then leans forward and then pretends she got hit and you're just like you're not even going all in on your own bumps let alone yeah. somebody else it's not like it's not like the the match later with tony storm man fucking tony storm i swear to god i thought she broke her face at one point she did. like jesus she broke her nose for sure yeah she definitely yeah. broke her nose but yeah. i'm like fuck even you know when she would hit thing i'm like oh good god her and jamie hater but yeah anyways i won't get into that yet but yeah um but yeah, I was I was happy with the match. I thought it was solid. There was a lot of stuff that was really weird and sloppy and stuff, but it was also like it felt like Soraya's first match back after five years. It also felt like Britt's first match in five years, which is the real unfortunate bit. Britt has no business trying to lead a match at all. She can't carry somebody. She can't make somebody look better than they than they're gonna make themselves look like. For Britt to be this high on the roster and this big of their of their division she should be leaps and bounds better than she is. And that was, mm-hmm. I felt like really eye-opening here too. Like there was just, how are you going to talk your way out of it? Like Soraya looked better than Brit. Why? 
Yeah. Soraya yeah. hasn't wrestled and in five years. Yeah. And it's because that's whether you want to say Saray is good or not, or has had more moments than her or not. Bottom line, if you've been wrestling in and out for three years and someone hasn't wrestled in five, they shouldn't look this much better than you. And again, you know, but I will say this, I'm shocked that nothing happened after the match. Yes. Because a lot of people were trying to bank on someone coming out. Well, I started that rumor. I started the rumor Mm -hmm. Sasha Banks was going to come out just because I wanted to watch the internet say she was going to come out. I'm a journalist now. I can do that. Yeah, on episode one. If you make up enough news, people will go, do you guys think it's going to happen? And you go, I heard that too. But you made it up. You know what I mean? Well, I made up the whole (laughs) shit about Ricky and fucking Ethan Page. Yeah. It happened. It's true. I had no... No insider knowledge. Yeah. What do you think about the fact that this show had no surprises, no surprise debuts or anything? I was going to ask you that question too, because we're always like you were saying, every pay-per-view has some kind of, you know, surprise or some big, you know, person coming in and introduced. And I don't know. It was weird. It was very weird. I'm glad. I'm glad they did it that way because I felt like that they, I felt like if Tony had, I think it would have been a mistake. Because mm-hmm. he has to rely on certain things, right? He has to know when, when, when he has to know when to leave well enough alone. You know what I mean? You already mm-hmm. had the the return of the elite. You already had the return of the ring of Soraya. To try to add someone else coming out would simply have taken away from those. You had the you had yeah. the first match of Jeff Jarrett since he's been in. Like, yeah, you had enough firsts in this and welcome backs that you didn't need that. So I was really happy he didn't do that. Because it would have been just one more less than thing, you know. Yeah. So can we talk about the elite coming back? Huh? Can we talk about the elite coming back? Sure, we can do that. Uh, yeah, the elite came back. Uh, they came back to Kansas's Wayward Sons. I want to know before you tell me about the match. What was that? First off, no <laughs> Wayward Sons, like, fuck. They're, like, so on the nose and kitschy that it's so fucking annoying to me. But I saw a lot of people say, oh, shit, you know, Tony really had to pay a lot for that one. And you're like, yeah, he probably did. My mm-hmm. problem is you've been to enough indie shows also to know. Everyone mm-hmm. finds a YouTube link for their music when they come out and they use somebody else's music. And the two or three guys in the promotion – who really stand out are the two or three guys who had somebody make them their own song. You know what I mean? Like that's identifiably theirs. I've known a few people who had friends who were musicians or something and had their own song. And here's a flash drive with my music. Everyone else is using YouTube clips and, Oh, wouldn't it be funny if I come out to this song? Cause my name is this. Oh, wouldn't it be funny because my gimmick is this. If I use this song from the radio to me, when I hear a radio song, when someone comes out, I think Bush Bush league. I think it sounds cheap and I think it sounds sounds indie as shit. Like it doesn't mm-hmm. sound professional to me. I know that's not the case. I know that realistically it costs them because they're on national TV way more money to license music to play on national TV than it would be for them to just create their own music. But it just doesn't come off that way to me. Is that the same for you? Does it come off that way to you or do you, does it feel like big time when they use someone else's music like that? doesn't feel like big time what was interesting is i didn't know where that came from because ever since 
Um, they did when they were in Ring of Honor in New Japan, and they started doing the Super Kick Party theme because that came from those days. Um, that's like them, you know, the the guitar and the whole thing and whatever, right? The other one for me because I saw them on in you know PWG. They used to come out to Mbop by Hanson. Don't know. I don't know the story behind it, but you know, we always knew that was that was very young Bucky. That was that was the young Bucks. Um, so this one threw me for a loop. I was like, okay. This don't know. This has I, nothing I, to I, do with their indie thing. This has everything to do with the CM Punk thing. They're calling themselves the Wayward Sons because they were erased from the history books because they nearly lost their promotion. They nearly got uh, kicked out. We're the wayward okay. sons now. There'll be peace when you are done. Lay your weary head to rest. Don't you cry no more. Okay, like, I didn't take it that literal. Okay, I was just like, it's literally that literal. Okay, well, it's, I did not. I did. It's fucking I did petty. Not, I, I did not. <laughs> it's a lot of money to be petty. Excuse and look, me. Bush League. <laughs> Excuse me. Phil is fucking petty in Bush League. Everything he did. Yes, he is. There. Yes, he is. So, and I said that at the time. You know, tit for tat. Okay. Where's Colt Cabana? Oh, haven't seen him in a couple weeks. Anyway, sorry. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. I mean, not be bitter. I thought he was going to come out with Nakazawa and all the gang. That would have been great. But, anyways, um, he better wrestle in Chicago on Wednesday. That's all I know, Tony Khan. You owe him that. Definitely is not. You owe him that. He's definitely not. Anyways. But. I just had that thought process on the whole thing. Like, they're back. Cool. I don't have a problem with them being back. I think it's good that they're back. I think the company's Mm -hmm. named after them. They should be Mm -hmm. in the company. But what do I know? I just thought that the use of Kansas was, like, immediately eye-rolling. So I fast-forwarded until I get to the match. I see the first two minutes, and I immediately said, that is enough of that. And I watched none of the rest of it. It was so bad and so choreographed. It's typical Young Bucks high flying spot monkey bullshit that I don't like. And then I saw a couple clips online Mm -hmm. and there was even more shit that was way more choreographed. And I was like, Oh my God. So I didn't watch any of it. I don't want to, they're going to do seven more of these in a row. You saw that, right? (laughs) They're determining a best of seven. Yeah. I saw some people being like, I ain't mad at it. I am. (laughs) I'm furious about it. That's a lot of TV to fast forward through every week. But well, what did you think of it? Because you like that, the Young Bucks, you like Kenny, you like this flippy n- stuff. No, no I don't you like flippy shit. You are an shit. apologist. No, I'm kidding. <laughs> I don't like flippy shit for the most part. Yes, no. you do. You've been going on about Flip Gordon for months. Yeah, but Flip Gordon is named after it. Because <laughs> he did gymnastics. Come on, give the guy a and fucking break. Jesus Christ. <laughs> The thing is, is these guys aren't even good at it. Like, they're okay at it, but when you watch it, they don't move like a gymnast. They move like a kid trying to replicate what they do on TV. Because they did it at home and on a trampoline. Your dad bought a trampoline. And it's so obvious. Papa Buck did that. Okay? Don't don't be hating on Papa Buck. Papa Buck's awesome. Fucking good people. (laughs) And enjoys. Shout out to them. Anyways. Shout out to This is where I'm going to stop you. Because what I liked about the match was... It was great to see Kenny back in Kenny form because his most of his AEW run was 
in my opinion, it was like, that was not the Kenny Omega that people thought he was. And if they thought that, oh my God, Kenny Omega, no, this, there was no shades of, this is the man that did two incredible 60 minute matches against Okada. That, that, we didn't see that guy. We did see him on the pay-per-view. That we did do. And the Young Bucks, same thing. I have not seen them wrestle like this. This was like those New Japan days. Okay? That's what it felt to me. They looked healthy. Everyone looked healthy. And I was like, this is looking like when BTE like first started in those days. Back in that time. Because they're like three, four hundred episodes in deep. But we're talking about like the first couple of ones. And it was exciting to me. Because being that indie mark, it was like, oh my god, these, this is what they were. This is not what they were when that company started. Because everyone was injured. Everyone, you know, whatever. Of course, against the Lucha Brothers, you're going to have something that's really choreographed. Because that's that style. Win, lose, or whatever. But... I will say that it's good to see this configuration and a healthy Kenny and a healthy Bucks versus these guys. Because if you were to do this and Phil never happened and all of that, it wouldn't have looked the same. It definitely would not have looked the same. And I really think that um, it's it's nostalgic. And I mean, I know like with Clump, I would love for Clump to see it and get his take on it because I know... He was a young Buck fan, but this is like yeah. the Bucks of old, the Bucks and Kenny of old. And that's why I enjoyed it because it's not the stupid fucking shilling, whatever that Don Callis did with, you know, the stupid entrances with Kenny and all that shit. No, this was actually, this is why they are some of the best tag, one of the best tag teams in the world. And it's not a jokey thing. Oh, okay. okay. The song, yeah, that was that was jokey. But for the most part, the wrestling was it was the what they were known for. It's been a long time since we've seen that. Yeah. I would tell Clump to watch it, but there's gonna be seven more <laughs> that he has time but, to watch. But the first one is the one I think that would be the most impactful because remember. They haven't wrestled in a couple of months. And just to see that those couple mm. of months, it, there's something it's a little bit more refreshed. No, you're yeah. right. Because they do the yeah, same match every time anyway. Because it's going to go all the way. Yes, seven. and it's going to be the same one every time. There's going to be very little differences. Mm, there might be. It's going to be horse shit. I hope the first three matches are squash matches. I hope they go back and forth on it. And like the first three or four matches are like under a minute long. And everyone goes, what the fuck? <laughs> no, there's going to have, there's going to have a couple of them that are going to be boom, boom, like quick. I hope so. Yeah, I think so. Cause I, I they can't, you know, they, I, they, I, they can't do, they can't do these long fucking drawn out things. Week we will after see. Week. Unless Tony has no, nothing to fucking book. And then of course, okay. Yeah. Yeah, but and it's super self-indulgent. I'll that. tell you this. So here's the other thing. The mm -hmm. Elite lost this match. And everyone goes, oh, shit. And I even said it before. I said on episode one, I was like, it's going to be really telling to see who wins or loses this one. If the Elite wins, it's back to business as usual. We're on top. We're doing what we want. 
if they don't win, then there's a good indication that the elite is willing to put their egos aside potentially for the betterment of the show. However, then they said they want to do seven more times. That's self-indulgent as fuck. (laughs) They want to do this seven more times. But you don't know whose call that was. It could have been Tony's call. Okay. Why are we going to, you know, they're good Christian boys. Okay. I have a really good idea that it wasn't Tony's idea to begin with before they even got out there. But that graphic was done before the match was over. I'll tell you that. They knew that was going to happen. Those dudes went in there and said, let's do this eight times. Wrestling is a predetermined sport. Come on now. Everyone knew it was going to happen. Well, we didn't as a public. But, you know, if you work for that company, everybody knew. Just as everybody knew that MJF was going to become the champion. I digress. Hello? So, yeah. But you must admit to me. Take a drink, everybody. I would rather. He's episode one, Thanksgiving. Yeah. I would rather watch the Young Bucks, uh, the, the Elite versus Death Triangle over watching stupid Jericho the Ocho every week being self-indulgent as fuck. I would rather watch a dog have diarrhea in my living room than seven well, matches of option. Elite versus Death. It will be. I will bring in a dog and poison it. <laughs> God Lord. <laughs> I mean, not like, Can you name it not like Sammy? too much poison, just like enough. Just to make it. Can you name it Sammy? Because it's a little shit. Yeah. A little Sammy Guevara running around here, shitting everywhere. Yeah. No selling it. No selling it. <laughs> just dead eyeing you while it's happening. Like, it's not happening. I'm watching it. <laughs> well, we'll see Wednesday. We'll see. Or well, I'm we definitely not watching Wednesday. it on Wednesday. Yeah, you'll That's see right. that whatever it was last Wednesday. Ooh, we wait, buckle up six more times. By the time this airs, we'll have seen it twice. Actually, no, and it'll there's... be five more times. No, six because it's best out of seven, no, and they already no. had one. Yesterday was one. Yes, and Wednesday then Wednesday, two. which is what which if you're listening now, is Thursday, which will be the Wednesday, yeah. is going to be number so two. Wednesday was two. Yeah, out of so two out of eight. More. There's eight matches, they they're doing a best of seven. They're not going yeah, to fucking four on this one. They're doing all of them. This is self-indulgent. Yeah, as they hell. are doing all of them. So there's yes. seven. There's seven matches. Okay, I know Plus I'm one. And I the, don't do math. No, it's not. It's the Why best of seven trying... after this one. This one doesn't include no. the best of seven. The graphic said Wednesday graphic... was number two. You better go look. Because man, you're trying to like you're making me confused. Okay, I already I know I'm Asian and I'm supposed to do math, but you're screwing with my math. Oh, you're right. Full gear match one. Oh, thank God, we're almost through it. See, there you go. There you go. So So yeah, we had gone through two as of today. In the future. Oh my God. Yeah. So there's five more every week. (laughs) Fuck another one. Oh, God. I can't stand their matches. 
I wish I could. I, I wish I could stand their matches. I've only heard good things, but every time I watch it, I go, what the fuck are other people watching when they tell me they think I'd like this? You got to go into it not with that attitude. I go in it with the attitude of, all right, this might actually be a good one. And then they sit there and no, don't realize don't they're not in that. a fucking trampoline. And That's I go, what the fuck horseshit. is this? That's horse shit. If I give it two minutes and I can't get through two minutes, I tried to give it more than two minutes. Not watching their goddamn bullshit. I'll have to find two minutes for you that will make it undeniable. Yeah, I guess. So I was the elite. Uh, Let's see. Let's talk because I'm going to go up this list a little bit. I'm going to barrel over some stuff we did not watch. I did not watch Sting and Darby versus Jeff Jarrett and Jay Lethal. I saw Sting and Darby won. I was not thrilled with um, – I was kind of fast-forwarding and watching parts of it. I love Jeff Jarrett. He's so good, and he looks mm-hmm. so jacked right now. He does. Uh, he looks really good. Hitting lane – like nailing Darby with a guitar on the coffin drop, and then Darby no-selling it pissed me off. Because you know what it made it look like to me more than anything? People aren't going to like equate it necessarily. Your coffin drop must, must fucking suck. You know what I mean? Like, how weak is your finishing move is if you get interrupted by, by a weapon midway and that wasn't even enough to hurt you. Yeah. You know what I mean? You should be, you're throwing your whole self at somebody so hard that they're done mm-hmm. for. And instead of hitting a human, you hit a weapon and you jump right back up. You must be so weak that you can't even hurt yourself on the mat, which means you're not hurting someone else. Uh, to me, underplayed his own finish underplayed the 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 weapon itself and at that point i said well fuck it i'm done with that and i started fast forwarding again i was like why would you no sell a goddamn guitar on your finish that's the best time to sell that shit sting should have had to break it up you know what i mean yeah well i don't know but did you watch the match i did was it good otherwise perfect that spot um it was okay I, mean, I think all four guys are good. I really do. Mm-hmm. I mean, Jeff Jarrett did a lot more than I thought he was going to do. Oh, he's badass. Even Sting was bumping quite a bit for it being Sting. Yeah, Sting now. I didn't like all the interference. Yes, there's the Satnam thing and the and Sanjay's as a clown. And so was this supposed to be? Was this supposed to be a no disqualification match? I don't know. Because that's the other thing is I'm as even as I look through the list here of like what people put out, like even was a Bleacher Report put out a list of the matches. None of them say mm-hmm. no disqualification, but a lot of these had a shitload of interference and weapons and no tags and the referee just mm-hmm. standing around watching it all. And I was like, yep. mm-hmm. "What's going on?" Yeah, no, but I would kind of assume that the guitar would be in play. So you kind of already, you know, know that you so call probably it that. no DQ, but, but call you know. it that. Because also how cool would it have been if Jeff Jarrett and Jay Lethal were on the losing end and Jeff Jarrett whaps Darby with the with the the guitar and gets disqualified that way. And he goes, Yeah, I was willing to lose the match to fuck this guy up. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Like that'd been cool. Yeah. I don't know. I'm not Tony Khan. Tony Khan, you know, he does what he does. 
I have no problem with having a shitload of notice qualification matches, but I got a mm-hmm. ton of problem of having a ton of notice qualification matches with a ton of weapons and interference. Mm-hmm. But again, yeah, I'll go I'd for say these the, guys. Yeah, I'd say the latter half of the match was all interfe- was interference and all that. And they were fighting in the crowd for a long time and jumping off ladders mm-hmm. and stuff. I saw all that and I was like, what the fuck is going on? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, the steel cage match with Jungle Boy and Luchasaurus. Did you watch that? Yes and no. I I'm definitely didn't even sh- try to. Uh, I'm glad this shit is over. Okay. Good. But I think that it was... I don't remember who it was. Someone had made a comment about... um. Because I guess that and then someone had made a comment about, I guess, Jack and Luchasaurus and I think Miro all were training at this one wrestling school at the same time together in Los okay. Angeles. And I want to say someone had made mention that, well, yeah, he's not the best of the, the he's not, he wasn't the best of the three of them. And I thought, oh, God. And you can tell. Um, I really wish that they'd stop this fascination with Luchasaurus. Yeah. I mean, obviously, right now, if you watch the media scrum, he's kind of starting to get away from being Jungle Boy because they announced him as Jack Perry Jungle Boy. Yeah. And he should. So, the Jungle Boy thing has gotten real dumb. No, no. And yeah. I think that, I mean, I don't. He's, I mean, even when he was on the indies, like, I did not associate him with his father. For me, it was more of, I want to meet his father because I fucking love 90210. Okay. Huge, huge fangirl. Okay. And that was it. And this kid mm-hmm. was so talented that, you know, that's why I didn't care who his dad is. His dad could have been Satan for all I care. Yeah. No one brought know? up his dad. No one. You did. No. I'm no, saying the Jungle Boy gimmick is stupid because it was just based off his hair and his hair alone. Mm-hmm. And then everything else was just to complement his hair. And it felt like you're trying really hard to make this thing work. Just and then be you, dude. Part of it, too, was he didn't want to t- speak, too. Yeah. So that was a big part of it, too. So. Which is worse. No. You know what I mean? Yes, it is. There's some people who should keep their mouth shut. Hi, a lot of hi, people Ocean who should keep their mouth shut. How you doing? But, How you doing, Ocean Spray? But if you're going to be a wrestler and you want to be good at it, you better start talking. Mm. Um, Some people still see. need to keep their mouth shut, though. Yes. Nyla Rose and Jade Cargill, I didn't even try to watch either. Jade Cargill okay, won. She looked like... That was awful, let me say. Oh. Jade Cargill is awful. Nyla, I will say, Nyla has gotten a hell of a lot better. Mm-hmm. But Jade Cargill, that was horrible. Her gear was horrible. She did a Thundercats tribute, and it was yeah. not happening. Um, shout weird, out but... to Nyla's entrance. It was very Eddie Guerrero. Came That's out in a lowrider. And I love that Vicky now has a shirt that says, I'm your mommy. No, one. she does not. Yes, she does. No, she does not. That's a Rhea Ripley shirt that she was wearing. Rhea Ripley well, has she... a shirt that says, I'm your mommy, because she's been saying mommy on to Dom Dominic. She was wearing a WWE licensed Rhea Ripley shirt on AEW. Oh, she TV, was. And that was fucking cool. <laughs> I didn't realize that that was Rhea, Rip- Rhea Ripley's shirt. Yes, it was. Oh, well, shit. Now I got to buy one. Yeah, it's a good one. Yeah. 
But that was a cool uh, entrance. And Marina Shafir looked really good as a chola. I was like, you oh. go, girl. It's a better look for you with the brown, like, burgundy lipstick and the flannel shirt buttoned to here open. That's funny. It's a great look for her. That's pretty funny. I was like, I hope you went home and you and Roddy hit it. That's all I know. Oh, my God. Let's see. Let's <laughs> move it along. TNT Championship match. Wardlow versus Samoa Joe versus Powerhouse Hobbs. Hobbs eats the choke. Samoa Joe gets the victory and the title. Double champ, two-time Joe, Samoa Joe, the unified TNT and television champion of Ring of Honor. It's kind of a bummer that Powerhouse Hobbs was thrown in here just to eat the loss so they could protect Wardlow. Mm-hmm. Um, but that's okay. This match was largely ruined by production alone because these guys were really doing some cool stuff. And the camera always caught the space between the hits and not the side that they're coming from. So it was always just watching them whiff everything and then pretend they got hit. And you're so like, fucking just get a different angle, guys. Like, we know that's how it works. But when they're good and when you shoot it well, we don't notice that's how it works. So it was really shitty that production tried so hard to ruin this match and make a bunch of really big tough guys look like little sissy play fighters. And that bothered me because these three dudes really went out there and tried real hard to make this look like an awesome hard hitting match. And the cameras were just against them the whole time. It was three guys versus a cameraman is what I felt like. Uh, And then the ones mounted on the, on the, the the ring posts. Yeah. Yeah. They need to do that. Whoever is deciding which camera to use and when needs to be fired and bring in literally anyone else. I'd rather a homeless person who's never seen TV give it a shot. <laughs> because this was fucking terrible. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. But these three guys are badasses. There was a lot of showing of crazy power. Powerhouse Hobbs did that fucking body slam thing on Samoa Joe that was sick. Scoop oh, my God. I... That was me. Yeah. I was like, God damn. Um, I think Wardlow does a little too much flipping around. I think that he could be a little more grounded. And I think that'd be fine. I thought that both or all three of these guys tried to jump around a little too much. So it started to feel like you started to forget they were big. And I feel like that when you are that big, I should feel like everything you're doing is tough as nails. Samoa Joe went for a senton while there was a, a pin happening. And the camera caught him missing both of them completely. And then Wardlow like jumps off and holds his head. And they're like, oh, he Hit him right in the temple. And I'm like, with his back? What the fuck? Like, he just whiffed it because yeah. he's supposed to, because you're supposed to shoot from the other angle. Mm-hmm. So God, stupid. I sat there like so the whole These time. I'm like, so oh, good. God. Like, this They're so good, and they're protecting I... each other so well, and the cameraman is protecting none of them. Mm-mm. No. And also, they wish they had Kevin Dunn. You know, I'll tell you. I really think with Wardlow... Wardlow was very humbled, I believe. Because you have two of these dudes, these big dudes, who, because Wardlow's only had who he's faced, these wussy little dudes. Yes. He hasn't really, to me, established himself as he can throw the big guys around, you know? Yeah. Hasn't done that for me. I mean, and of the three... I think that he was probably the weakest of the three because like Joe and, mm. and Hobbs were in the league of their own. 
Yeah. I mean, some of the shit that they were doing. And it was almost kind of like, okay, Wardlow's just doing his thing, but it doesn't seem effective. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. But then the cameraman's made it unwatchable. And then they made it worse. You know? (laughs) Yeah. I really it feel sucks for those to see guys, a good sure. match be ruined by camera work. Yeah. And that's what this match is. This is almost a perfect example of how you can do everything in your power to execute correctly and someone else can fucking ruin the whole match for you. How about mm-hmm. one of them, guys? Yeah. We do got yeah, a double was- champ now, Samoa Joe. The second Samoa Joe with two <laughs> championship titles, they say. Yep. Uh, Ring of Honor like World Championship eating. match. I oh, say what? I didn't like Hobbs eating the pin. I didn't like Hobbs eating the pin either. I wish that Samoa Joe would have just... Because now what you've done is you've eliminated the need for Hobbs to be in the conversation of either of those titles. But now you're going to have Wardlow versus Samoa Joe and matches around that. Hobbs has no stake to any claim. No, I think Hobbs will come in, though. He'll... he'll he doesn't need to, he and he be shouldn't. inserted in there. Because the one gonna thing... Feel that it, well, yeah, but here's the thing that saves Hobbs. The commentary really saves Hobbs. Yeah. Fucking JR and his goddamn love of fucking Will Hobbs shown so through in that that despite all of the camera flubs and everything, his words made Will like look like a million bucks. Yeah. And he's gonna be in that picture because everyone was, you know, was there's all good things being said about will little side things here and there taz was doing it obviously jr led that charge even excalibur to a certain point had to you know and he normally really doesn't go that route with certain people but i thought that you know with hans yeah he's he's okay he's beloved by everybody so he can take a loss here and there but it would have been nice to see wardlow have the loss yes but he can take a loss here and there but it again goes back to the idea of like, yes, their fan base does not give a shit about booking because they will accept okay. him being in here, but there is no reason logically why Hobbs has any business facing either yeah. of these guys again for a long time or being near any of those titles because he was I definitively feel, outmatched. I feel he will be. I feel, I feel he will he be will too, be. and I feel it will be forced, is what I'm saying. No, no, it's not gonna be forced. Okay. I'm gonna say this. My home. Gets three AEW shows. LA didn't get a pay-per-view. I'm getting a fucking pay-per-view. I'm getting a, a Dynamite, a Rampage, and Revolution is now full pay-per-view. Instead of, again, instead of being episodes of, of uh, Dynamite. And I will say this. If Will Hobbs does not either A, win a title at one of these things, or walk in the champ and keep and retains... Don't come, Tony Khan. Seriously, don't come. Because You're proving my point. You said no and then proved my point. That's exactly why it's forced. And well, that's exactly my point is that this booking, as it stands, has eliminated Powerhouse Hobbs from any conversation around either of those titles. You're saying that it's not forced because they're coming to town, so he should have one, is literally the forcing of the issue. That's well, my point. No, the book, you can't not. go back on it once they've done it. They did it. He's done. He has well, no business there. So now when they put him in there because of where they're going, it will be forced. Bottom line. But it could be there could be someone else who takes one of those away from Joe. 
not a absolutely horrible. and it could be and Hobbs. Then you bring it, and you bring it but it's forced Hobbs lost definitively again is what i'm saying when it comes to both those titles and he was the one pinned he has no room to to stand on that's but the fact of the matter. that's where he's at wrestling. it's not that's exactly it's the point regular wrestling so that's yes. why you got to know that going into it that anything He's, unusual as far as i know like who knows dan Housen can come in and go ah i curse you know and yeah, or you know, they can win a battle out. royal ah. or a poker chip or golden underwear i don't know there's a bunch of reasons that tony gives to force people into stories but it's obviously forced and that's what i'm saying for them to keep him in here they're going to have to force him in one way or the other how they force him in i don't know but they're gonna have to if they're gonna keep him around those and if they're gonna give him anything for when he goes home well people but it think- will be forced People and Ricky also think because um, I think I don't I think winter is coming is in Texas somewhere. I don't know the date of it. Texas doesn't get winter. I know. Why do you do that? Right. What Just like spring break was in a wintry place this year. Oh, Not yeah. spring break, but whatever their beat battle, the beach bash or whatever the fuck they called it. Yeah. Yeah. It doesn't snow. Yeah. yeah. But again, like I said, if I don't get sting in snow. I'm going to be very upset. Yeah, that's true. Yeah. Because I, uh, let's see. Sure. Ring of Honor World Championship. I didn't even try to watch Chris Jericho retained, which is funny to me. Um, um, I will say this. Um, I'm really bummed that Danielson or Claudio didn't get it. Um, They both looked very, very good. And I'm thankful fucking god this is what i'm thankful for thanksgiving i'm thankful that guevara did not get the title because there was a point where he almost could have and you know my gripe guevara never sells but he was selling for chris jericho why is that mm-hmm. brown nosing little he owes him what mm, i don't know but it was great not to see his bitch come out and they tongue each other before he goes to the ring it was great not seeing that I did not watch any of the World Tag Team Championship match either with the acclaimed or Swerve in our glory. I saw a bunch of people have been saying for weeks they thought that Swerve was going to turn on Keith Lee. And then I saw some clips where it looked like they were arguing. So we're yep. staying on track with the choreographed or the telegraph stuff. Did they actually it, split or no? Well, the way it looked as if they did, like Keith Lee walked away. And no. it was... um the first thing that happened was uh, Swerve took one of the guardrails and had kind of placed it so they could throw somebody on it. Yeah. And Keith Lee was like, what are you doing? Like, no, 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 no. Don't want to do this, right? And Swerve's like, oh, come on, whatever. And I believe it happened again later where, oh, it's the pliers, you know, like they did with Billy Gunn to snap the fingers off. Yeah. And uh, he brought him out he was giving him to Keith Lee and he's like, I don't want that. I'm not, no, we're not doing it that way. And then basically that was pretty much it. So they're pretty much almost guaranteed. They're done. We'll probably see them face each other. And I hope in a way that Keith Lee does kind of squash swerve. I love swerve, but you know, just so we can see him in other things. Like I would love to see him in, you know, in Samoa Joe. Yeah. I mean, that's one I think that would be I've been wanting to see for the longest time. <clears throat> you know, just things like that. But yeah, definitely um, 
the acclaimed, they are very beloved. So I don't oh, yeah. think that those belts are going to come off them for quite a bit of time. Yeah. And I get why they're, uh, why they're loved. Yeah. Um, but those four really dudes are all pretty they... good. So I imagine it was probably a good match though. Yeah, it was a good match. It was a very good match. Bowens, I think was injured coming into it. Um, his arm. Mm. Cause everyone was saying he was in a sling. Um, yeah. since like Wednesday and you can tell he was, he was hurting pretty bad. It wasn't selling. It was, yeah. You could see it in his eyes, you know, but definitely it was, it was pretty good. Um, not going to lie. I mean, I do like the acclaimed. Sure. We didn't see daddy ass till I think toward the end. And yeah. Speaking of selling so. the arm and the injury, I just want to circle back real quick. Cause I forgot to ask you about this in the Soraya mm-hmm. Britt Baker match. The first bump yeah. Soraya took, she pretended to have a neck injury, pretended she couldn't crawl, pretended her arm went numb, and tried to recreate the moment that we've all seen over and over again where she gets kicked in the back by Sasha and mm-hmm. is unable to get her bearings back, and that was the final injury that did it. Mm-hmm. What did you feel about her playing so heavily into that and then looking at the crowd and laughing? Ah, I'm just kidding, because I found that to be really tacky. And It was tacky. Okay. Yeah, okay. I was like... like you- yeah, I was really annoyed the moment she started doing it. And I don't, the crowd didn't even eat it up. The crowd was also groaning, like, oh no, we're pretending this now. And then she looks at the crowd, she's like, ah, ha, ha, ah. They all just went like, yeah. Like, it was, it was one of the reasons why I think the crowd was kind of behind Brit, is they were kind of like, okay, then, you know, yeah, like, you can't talk about that kind of shit. It was fucked up, especially because mm-hmm. this company can't be the company to break Soraya's life. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, they <laughs> desperately need this to go off well. And she's like, wouldn't it be funny, though, if I was, like, paralyzed? And you're like, no! It's not funny if you're paralyzed. <laughs> like, <laughs> that's what it felt like. It felt like her being like, gotcha. And you're like, who was the joke on? No one wanted this. Yeah. Uh-huh. Eh? Eh? Paralyzed. Ah, eh, gotcha. You thought I was dead. And everyone's all like, that's <laughs> fucked up. That's what it felt like. And Five it wasn't the only time too. I felt like that. We'll get to that. Yeah. Uh so yeah, I just was wondering if you also thought that was tacky or thought it was kind of clever or something. I was like, I didn't need it. It was not clever. Know. It was kind of fucked up. I thought I'm like, that's karma. That's bad juju. Yeah, that's not good. Because then when she does it again, they're like, ah, she's joking about being paralyzed again. And they're like, it's really weird that she's like, can't move though, right? Like, <laughs> like, like <laughs> especially with how shitty their refs are, you cannot be giving them false fucking reports, man. Mm-hmm. Better pray. Was Paul Turner the ref in that one? He better have been. He's the only one who would have said Yeah. Like, you can't freak Paul Turner out about shit like that because Paul Turner takes his yeah. shit seriously. That's like, what probably I mean. Paul was like, when they got in the back, don't fucking do that. He probably yeah. had to have been tipped off before. Because mm-hmm. he would have stopped the fucking match. He, he probably looked at her and was all like, are you fucking around or not? Because I will fucking end this match right now. Yeah, I think so. I <laughs> and think she's like, I'm kidding, I'm just that's... kidding. And he's like, not funny, get up. <laughs> yeah. yeah, that's a Paul Turner move right there. Like, Paul Turner why i love referee paul turner and i'm glad he's a senior official it's like yeah no uh and i will have a little bit of gossip here about paul turner so people with ring of honor you know they brought back bobby cruz and rickaboni is doing stuff but some of the referees are no not doing ring of honor 
Hmm. Wonder why. I don't. Yeah. Uh, Sinclair has been noticeably absent. I don't know what that means. Well, I think there was, um, there was a lot of. I think there was a lot of tension between him and Paul Turner. Oh, all right, mm-hmm. all right. And of the two Paul of Turner them, ain't nothing to fuck with. He's the Wu Tang Clan of referees. Exactly, man. Yeah. I'm fucking Paul Turner's good people, man. And I will say this, like with Paul Turner, okay. Of the two of the referees, Todd Sinclair was absolutely shitty. You you talk about shitty refs, and I he's, do. He's He's up there with some of them AEW ones. He's not on Aubrey level. But then again, no one is. And I really wish someone was going to punch her again last night. I was hoping to God. Like someone punched that bitch again because it was the best moment of the show. Uh, So I was going to say the last two matches were like my two favorite matches of the night that we're going to go over. And then I realized that the main event actually was not part of my top two if I had to. I think that my top two would have been Tony and Jamie and Ricky and Brian, if I really had to look at it. Mm-hmm. John, and, John and MJF we're going to talk about. I'm not going to say it was a bad match. It was not a bad match, but I think Ricky and Brian was better. And we'll tell, I'll tell you exactly why. Um, but okay. before we get into John and MJF, because that's the big, the big fish to fry here, uh, we do have the All Elite Women's Wrestling, Women's World Wrestling Women's Championship match interim Tony Storm versus Jamie Hayter. Uh, so Jamie Hayter won after a shitload of tomfoolery, after literally breaking Tony Tony Storm's nose, and the crown was still solely behind Jamie the whole time. This to me was such a crazy anomaly because I know my frustrations with Tony, and a lot of it stems from, if I'm being honest, and I usually am here in the dive bar of the IWC. A lot of the things she said that was pretty snide about Thunder Rosa, I haven't loved. And it's made me view her slightly different here and there. I still like her. I still think she's great. Uh, I even still think she makes a really good champion. And I understand that part of the snide behavior is that, hey, when you're the interim and you feel like you should be the world, like you might start poking the bear, right? Because maybe we're trying to lead to a match. You know, we're in the business of conflict, as Becky likes to say. You're providing that conflict. But it was driving Tony in my mind, a little heelish in my mind. That's like, all right, well, when Thunder comes back, I want her to stomp your ass because you're being snide about about my Thunder Rosa. Now I ain't having that, right? And so I thought, hey, we might be building to something. It might be fine. And maybe these feelings I'm having, this little grudge, is a work. And I'm getting worked. And I love that. And I want that, right? But why would their audience feel that way? in a match against Jamie Hayter, where the other people who are far more vocal and detrimental to the reputation of Thunder Rosa are involved. Jamie, Britt, Rebel, these women are the ones spearheading this anti-Thunder Rosa movement, and you're booing Tony, who seems to be just prodding at the story? Like, that was the part that was really confusing to me. But they were chanting for Jamie the whole time. Even the very first false finish where Jamie didn't win, the crowd was like, oh, and started booing. And I was like, holy shit, they really want Tony, not the champion. And I have no idea why. I thought she made a great champion. Mm-hmm. And I thought that we were poised for a really good match. Her and Thunder were, were teaming beforehand. I mean, the story was all there. What the fuck happened here? How did the crowd turn so far against Tony that they blew a gasket? 
Jamie winning the championship was the biggest pop of the night thus far that I watched. There was half the show I didn't watch, so I don't know. But the ones that I watched, there was a bigger reaction for Jamie Hayter winning than Soraya coming out for the first time in five years. Mm-hmm. Soraya winning the first five rows slowly stood up as they put their phones away. They, they were texting the whole time anyways. This one, Jamie Hayter wins and pow! it's everything we ever wanted. What the fuck? What happened? How did Tony become such a bad guy here? Well, the only thing that I can make sense of it is that Thunder Rosa is beloved by a lot of people. And you don't fuck with that. But Jamie fucks with that. So why would you cheer Uh, Jamie? But here's the thing, though. Okay. What we see out there, that storyline that we are seeing, she's part of. But back backstage the politics behind it we don't know what her involvement is we don't know what her involvement is but wasn't the story that thunder rosa was hiding from jamie Hayter after the match in the bathroom wasn't that one of the stories trying to go around that turned out not to be true but that everyone's still saying is jamie Hayter chased her or some shit so that's what i mean like for me you don't fuck with beloved thunder rosa but like both of these women have and so why are you i just don't get why they turned but again I think that also with Tony as well is I think that remember this is a product of Britt Baker over here with Jamie Hayter. Yeah. So, you know, cause rebel came out, you know, did her tomfoolery. Britt came out, did her bullshit. And again, they love the DMD. So, Whatever. Now, I think also if you go, if this pay-per-view were to happen in a different area, there would be different reactions. Uh, If you did it in Chicago, there'd be a different reaction. If you did it on the West Coast, there'd be a different reaction. Um, I agree. And I think that most of it would be very pro-Tony and not the way this seems. Because New Jersey is way too close to, to pittsburgh and all that bullshit Mm. and those people all travel because unlike here you can travel for five hours and hit five states here Mm. no i travel five hours and i'm barely in la yeah you know so that that's my my thought with it and i think that it was kind of shitty but it was a fucking excellent match and i mean i i I like jamie hater this is her time but i i know her time's probably going to be very limited because it's going to go back onto DMD. And where will those people be then? That's true. That's probably happening. But I agree. This match was fantastic. I thought it was awesome. Mm-hmm. I was bummed that Tony got her nose broken. I do feel like this yeah. is a bit of a weird spot though, right? So they were doing like the back and forth. The ooh, ah, ooh, ah, trading the old mm-hmm. forearms. Mm-hmm. And then Jamie lands one clear on her nose. And it's, it's one of the problems with when you have like. I don't know. I don't know if I can verbalize the problem, but to me, the issue was you see them selling and then all of a sudden you see something actually hit. You see Tony's head go flying right back. Her head comes down and she stops selling three more hits and she's not moving. And then she just kind of like leans forward, does the headbutt, falls down and lays on top of her, basically telling her my nose is broken and I can't see straight. Hold on. 
And so you went from selling these things a certain way to actually selling a real hit because it happened. And suddenly everything that just happened seems phony now. Oh, that's what a real hit looks like. Like your sell job should be so good that we always think you got hit. Right. That's the problem with this back and forth. The one, two, ooh, 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 ooh. It's so phony that if someone actually gets hit, it looks a thousand times different than what you just did for 30 seconds. Yeah. You know what I mean? Which is why I like the way that Sammy and KO do it. Because they grab each other by the head and they just keep laying it in on the side. And they're well, both like squinting and just like, oh, God, like just taking the hits yeah. is to me more believable than these little weird like, ooh, ooh, yeah. ooh. But women, though? Yeah. Are different than men. Yes, they are. Okay. I've been told. What? I've never met one, but I've been told, yeah. Okay. Well, you know, in that kind of situation, it's vanity, <laughs> man. I mean, a part you of know, it. I, I mean, get hit but in even, the face. Well, there's know? that. Her nose was crooked and oh, swelling by the fat. end of it. Yeah. I was it like, was shit. Fat. And then that changed that, the whole dynamic of the match. After that, and that headbutt to the. The turn, the exposed turnbuckle didn't help her either. No, that didn't help. But her nose was already, you already saw her nose at that point was like twisted up at the top and swollen and bleeding. Like if you look, there's a couple shots where you can see that her nose up top here is shifted over some. It was like, she had that John Cena nose. Mm -hmm. Uh, I never noticed that about his nose. I wonder why. No. There's a match where, I mean, you've never even looked at his nose, but there's a match that John Cena has with Seth Rollins where his nose gets broken really early on and he wrestles the rest of the match and it's amazing. I'll find it and send it to you because, yeah, it's just his his nose is now on his cheek. The whole nose just moves and it's insane. Um, That's okay, John Cena. We're not looking at your nose. Yeah, your nose isn't your moneymaker, pal. No, (laughs) clearly no. (laughs) What? I am that I mean, girl. if he broke his butthole, there'd be a problem. If I don't want to know. Butt cheek, dude, no, no. Can you imagine? There. You know how like some of the guys' chest blow out and they get flat in the middle? What if that happened to his butt? And just like flat on the bottom, deflated in the middle area. Well, it would be really weird if he had like a butt implant and it popped. Ooh, popped butt implant kind of look. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Well, we don't imagine... have that in the ring. What well, they have, have the? Yeah. Uh, ODB. China. Oh. And China, both of them. China revolutionized uh, implants in general because she worked with a someone who made them to find a more sport durable version, and that was. A, oh yeah. Uh, but yeah, That's you know, how, like the guy, like Kofi and Jericho, they kind of they have that that um, mm-hmm. it's a genetic thing that can happen where it like kind of collapses in the middle there. I just imagine that happening on John Cena's butt, but it also makes me wonder if you'd have a harder time like keeping in farts in general. You know, I didn't go there, producer lady. Okay, I don't have that, that right there. It's marsh all the way. Like every cough, he's like, <coughs> <laughs> you know, he's got a high protein diet. Don't fucking look at me like I'm out of my mind here. Well, not he but, he's not the yoke John Cena. He was. He's yoked he enough. He's kind of small now. Not everywhere. Now, the other thing about the Tony Storm match, once her nose gets broken, there's like mm-hmm. two minutes of her just trying to get her footing back. And I was like, God, is she, did she get like a full on concussion from that? Because her feet I th- that's what I thought were not. She did. She had... Yeah, they were not communicating the way she, her. I don't mean like the two of them. I meant like the two of her feet were not communicating with each no, other. Or she her was brain. like 
She was like, all over and trying yeah. to fucking get her bearing back and working her ass off through it. And Jamie Hader did everything she could to help her get through it. Mm-hmm. I also think they do too much sometimes when it comes to the finishes. Like you had uh, Rebel come down, hit Tony's already got a broken nose. You hit her in the face with the belt, and then she still kicks out of the finish. Then you have Britt Baker come out and stomp uh, um, Tony into the belt. And this is also after several minutes in between those two things. Then you also have Tony hit her face on the turnbuckle that's exposed uh, to finally get the victory. And it's like, this person's wrestling with a literally broken nose and all of these things should be big enough and bad enough and important enough to like be the thing to do, do it. And none of them does. Mm-hmm. I don't know that ever any one thing was like, Oh, now that's enough for Tony. It's like, she's got a broken face and you just hit her in the face with metal. Like just call yeah, it. You're just making be done. it worse. Yes. That was you're my making thing. it worse. But like, why is what, what did Tony storm do to you bitches? Because you're mm-hmm. making it worse. Oh, yeah. I felt like that match could have ended on the Rebel spot, but they had to get Brett yep. Baker out there. And then with the mm-hmm. face stomp thing, I was like, just fucking end it there. That's fine. And then they do the whole turnbuckle thing, making Paul Turner look like a fucking jack off because he's sitting yeah. there trying so hard not to turn around. Well, Britt Baker is climbed on top of the turnbuckle. Like She's not even like just by. Yeah, like a koala hunched over this thing, top rope, trying to yank the thing off in a way that no one's ever done. The most obvious way to do it in the most awkward stance to have. And Paul Turner's all like, yep, I don't see the giant fucking person over standing above my head, wiggling around like crazy. <laughs> they just didn't need all of that for this match to have had the same reaction in the end. But Paul Turner, it still probably was, was probably, my favorite match of the night. Paul Turner was probably thinking to himself, fuck. I know. Why? He's over there counting. And he's like in his peripheral vision. just Why? goes like, God damn it. <laughs> he's looking he's looking down like trying to look at what look, look at yeah. the corner of his eye and he's trying to look away damn it yeah he's like i might as well just start trying to tie my shoe something it's a little more obvious i'm trying not to look and, and then he's sitting there thinking probably too why didn't fucking aubrey edwards fucking ref this match yeah i should have given this match yeah. away but it's a serious match so i have to be here yep mm-hmm uh speaking of not serious matches let's go to the main event john moxie versus mjf for the mm-hmm. world interim child championship okay before we go sure. into it hmm? because i know you don't like the um fucking um the radio hits as people's entrance correct i do not like that mm-hmm. so are we still feeling this moxley th- i know i don't think not at all. Felt i never have but if they did change it to the sam kinnison one Yes, I, I really want to meet Moxley just to say, yo, okay? You know what you need, and it's more appropriate for you if you're going to use a version of Wild Thing. You need Sam Kinison's. Yes, absolutely. Yeah. But yeah, you I know. hate his music, 100%. Yeah, because I, I think Major League every time. And I know you say it's Bush League, so I always think of the movie. And I think yeah. of Charlie Sheen. And those are yep. two things that I don't want to think about when I'm when I'm watching wrestling. That's true. That's true. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um. So MJF was clearly the babyface here, even though they're like, he turned heel at the end, but he didn't because as soon no. as he won, the whole crowd lost their shit. Like it was Daniel Bryan winning at WrestleMania 30. And <laughs> yeah. that's all well and good and fine. I don't have a problem with that, but it really complicates it because I even, um, you know, I've had people talk about like, okay, MJF's turning heel, but it's just a farce. It's just a gag. It's a swerve. He's going to actually be healed the whole time. And he got gotcha. you. What do you mean? Got me. You know what I mean? Like, He's mm-hmm. a baby face. He's getting cheered. 
yes, he shouldn't be doing the whole like, come on, guys, let's get behind me. But he's doing it and they are getting behind him. He wins. They cheer even after he cheated to win. They still cheered. He's the babyface, like it or not. So even if he comes out and says, gotcha, you're like, no, you got yourself mm-hmm. like you are a face now. Like you're a good guy, no matter what you do. You could do bad guy things. You're getting cheered, so that puts. A, so if you're just an asshole getting cheered, it was one of the problems that Eric Bischoff even said they had with the NWO. At a certain point, the bad guys were so cool that nobody wanted the good guys to win. Mm-hmm. So then, who's the underdog here, right? How do you book where the bad guys are so cool that no one wants them to win, that your good guys look like dweebs for being good guys? Like yeah. he. There's no explanation if he goes, I got you. I just wanted you all to think I was a good guy. To what end? You know what I mean? Like, what sense would that make at all to say, I got you. I fooled you into thinking I was a good guy when I was a bad guy all along. So what? They're all still cheering you. What's the logic behind pretending to be a good guy to fool everyone who's saying he's pretending? Because that's the other thing. Everyone's going, oh, he's just pretending. Gotcha. No, you didn't. And also, who the fuck cares? It's like the weirdest dumb prank. It's like the kind of shit I would do to my sister growing up. You walk into her room and turn the light off and walk out. Gotcha. (laughs) I guess. You know what I mean? (laughs) I guess you got me. I had to get up and turn the light on again, but it's not like you ruined my night. It's not like you fooled me. It's not like I feel tricked. It's just you did a thing in front of me that was obvious and you're laughing about it. And it's weird that you th- find it so amusing. I don't understand yeah. how the MJF babyface turn could ever be explained away to make you go, there he is. There's the bad guy I really liked. That's still good guy shit. If you like him, you know what I mean? Does that make sense? Mm-hmm. And this match was too cute. MJF was doing all sorts of cutesy shit. He was doing all his Cody Rhodes moves. He was overselling into the camera like he was pretending to be a good guy struggling. He was doing like Hogan style shit. Like it was too cute. He was trying so hard to be a to be putting on a good guy wrestler act that it came off as like a cutesy thing where it's all like, yeah, we don't care. Like we want you to win. And he goes, isn't it kind of funny how I'm all like, oh, I'm in pain. And you're like, no, like just win. It's fine. Like it was the most out of place stuff for him. And I don't see a purpose for it on the other end. If he just goes, gotcha, I'm a bad guy. And everyone goes, yay, still a bad guy. The fuck? No one's booing him and they're not gonna. It's just, it makes no sense. But on the flip side, he absolutely should be their champion. And I think it's really good that he is. And I think it's cool. But all this like, is he a good guy? Is he a bad guy? Bullshit is just that. It's just bullshit. None of the booking makes sense around it. It's fine. Whatever he says or does, they're cheering. So, yeah, be a bad guy. We'll still cheer you. That's good guy shit. Mm-hmm. It's, it's weird they're trying so hard to overcomplicate it when it's just that simple. Are you being cheered? Mm-hmm. Yes. Well, if I do this, will you be cheered? Yes, but I'll be bad guy when I do it. Are you being cheered? That's, it's a yes or no. You know what I mean? Yeah. What do you but- think of all this? I don't think he was a good guy at all. Who said they were trying really hard? They were trying really hard. I'm not going to use the ring on commentary. Commentary busted open. All the fucking gurus online. Oh, look at all this good guy shit he's doing. He's out there 
hyping up the crowd when he came running out and like, hey, whoa. And he's like, come on, guys. Oh, right here in the great city of fucking wherever the fuck Poughkeepsie. I don't know. Uh, he was no. doing the classic good guy stuff, but I felt like it. And everyone said it's really clever because he's actually still a bad guy. He's just getting mm -hmm. them to cheer for him right now. They cheered for him before. So it's not that clever. They're just it's cheering no matter what he does. He's not a bad guy. Yeah, good guy. I mean, I know that's he's always been a bad guy. Is, it's like, who who did this narrative? Okay, who? but and I if know you're you being said cheered, oh, you're the baby and, all of these people. Yeah. and I'm gonna say this, okay? I don't listen to those fucking kind of people because no, they the don't best. know what they're talking about usually. And even if it's a wrestler, they really don't because they're not understanding the concept of fucking Tony Khan. You don't have to do fucking lines to fucking know his booking and understand it because the novelty that is mjf is he's one he can go either way right but all it is at the end of the day is someone who's this snotty fucking person who you know is polarizing yeah just like phil except we don't know if because mjf is so close to the chest with his with his gimmick that we don't know if he's truly an asshole. Phil, we knew he was an asshole. Yes, no but we also know because of MJF's gimmick that we know he's truly not an asshole because he gets a ton of play and a ton. Yes, we do. We know it How? because we've seen what happens in the wrestling business when you're actually an asshole. We've mm -hmm. seen it happen time and time again. We watched it happen with the Ultimate Warrior. We watched it happen with Phil right here. We've seen it happen a ton of times. We saw what happened to Shawn Michaels back in the day. I'm not saying these people didn't make amends and do other things. Assholes in the back aren't celebrated by literally everyone on camera. Everyone in their little interviews, MJF's great. He's a real asshole, but he's just one of those guys you can't deny. You know what I mean? No. Listen to how people talked about Ultimate Warrior in the 90s. People would go on those radio stations and they would call him, like Meltzer called him the anabolic warrior. He would just say, these steroided out assholes we're terrible to work with keep getting pushes i don't understand why they well, wouldn't say oh but he's got undeniable charisma they never said that you know what i mean like here's the thing is wrestling nowadays versus back then is very fucking pg okay yes pg like if something were to happen like the plane ride from hell nowadays that would never happen never mm -hmm. because these guys are way too I guess they they are trying to protect their money. Let's put it that yeah. way. So, sure. you know. But we saw what happened to Punk because he was a real asshole. That's not what's happening well, to MJF. Well, with MJF, we again, like I said, we don't know. We yes, don't truly we know. know. Yes, I truly know. We don't, we don't know. He's a Phil, guest on everyone's know. podcast. Phil's not. But every but here's the thing though. No one wants to they talk don't... to Phil. Sam Roberts invites MJF into his fucking house whenever he can. Well, Not because he's an asshole when he gets there. But is he part of the tribe, Sam Roberts? Which tribe? Uh, the Jewish tribe. Yes. Yeah. So those so cool commander. They all. They, it, it, never mind. But I'm, I'm they're not going to protect an asshole. Here. They're not going to invite him into the house. Yeah, but you don't know. But, you see, but that's not about? for Sam. Whatever. That's not for <laughs> Sam Roberts to blow his cover. 
Okay, like that? No. That's not for him to do that. Sorry, you know Sam, who, you're wrong. You know who blew the cover to me? Who? Uh, Taz. Before Taz got into AEW, every mm-hmm. episode he would talk about how good MJF was and how he wanted to have him on and how he's talked to the guy and how he's uh, a generational talent that you have to take a look at. And then he goes, well, he's a total asshole. Like, that's the thing about him is he's like, he's not living a gimmick. He's definitely not living the gimmick. He's like, that's just who he is. It's not a gimmick with him really not a gimmick that's the thing about him no gimmick here he's actually an asshole he's just so good and you're so like you're trying so hard to convince me a guy's an asshole while talking about how good he is that i know he's not an asshole because if he's an asshole you'd say fuck you dude good luck on your own especially taz taz isn't taking the shit only from person no who, one there's only one person who i think that would be yeah you know he's an asshole that i can verify that's alley catch but that's another story for another day they all protect MJF is what I'm saying. And it's clear as day. Uh, so it's phony, no. but it's fine because it's a character. No. No one's ever said no. he's actually a really nice guy. They just do shit that makes you know, oh, they would only do that for a nice guy. What I know, that's not true. Yes, yes it is. Look at Cole Cabana. Cole Cabana's a nice guy. He got fucked. And a lot of people chose yeah. sides. By punk. Which they shouldn't have. Okay. No. Not every no, not everyone, not everyone does that. You're only a true asshole if you really to this day still believe and take a side. No, maybe. But did you see I the MJF promo in the scrum? Yes, I did. A lot of people were saying this is a generational promo. This is a promo people are gonna go back and watch over and over. This is amazing. This is what makes him the best of all time. You know what I saw? Another MJF promo where he says nothing and says, watch on Wednesday. That's what it was. He said nothing and said, watch on Wednesday. And he yelled a lot. He yells too much. I don't buy him yelling. A lot of F-bombs. I also thought it was peculiar that it was almost exactly two minutes and 20 seconds. Do you know why? Why? Because Twitter only allows you to do two minutes and 20 seconds worth of video. He wanted his entire promo to make it in a Twitter video. And it did. And it circulated more than anybody's else's because it was the entirety of it and it fit in a Twitter video. I felt like that was really fucking specific. However, I would say not everyone's got a good mental clock like that to know if it's counting down very well. Makes me think this dude does improv with Nick Hausman. You heard it here first. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and Cole Cabana. Remember? And Cole Cabana. They're all best friends. They're all best friends. <laughs> They're all probably Jewish too. They don't same tribe. No, <laughs> no. But I will say what from from that promo, it was hilarious because to me, I'm like, you're basically telling people I told you so, which I can you know I can appreciate that because I like to do that. Yeah. But it also was one big advertisement for that company. Yes. Yeah. And and a nod to Jim Cornette because he ended it with thank you, fuck you, bye. That's how Jim Cornette's been ending his podcast for like, what, five, six years? I don't know. I don't listen to him because he's an asshole. Sure. I don't. But I think it's funny that MJF knows that their fan base hates Jim Cornette and he quotes Jim Cornette and then everyone says, look at this. This is brilliant. And then watching because the fan base hates Jim Cornette, they're not listening to him. You watch all these people put thank you, fuck you, bye in quotes and put MJF underneath it. It felt like in The Office when Michael Scott said, uh, 
you miss a hundred percent of the shots you don't take in quotes. And then said Michael Scott. And then in quotes, put quoting uh, Gretzky or whatever. Like it was all like, I'm quoting a quote. And it was so funny to me to watch everyone quoting his quote as though he had said it first. I thought that was hysterical. <laughs> yeah. But then on the flip side, now you have Ricky Starks, who is his new thing is, you know, his whole, you know, he has this whole thing like about him, this absolute whatever he, because he even said it twice in, in these promos the last couple of days. And he was telling mm. the chick, you know, like I said on here before, no, no, no. I said this, you know, mm -hmm. like, mm -hmm. are you guys trying to get your own signature bullshit out there? Because this is hilarious to me. Trying. But, you know, it's funny because, okay, when you look back at All Out and that scrum. Yeah. And how Tony was Muffin reacting. Hmm? Muffin gate, I call it. Muffin gate, okay. Mm. Muffin gate. Tony had those weird cracked out reactions. This one, he just sat there. Just like a he knew. lump. Yeah. And it was a lump. Like, yeah. Yeah. But I thought yeah, it was good. Was like, I liked it. Here's the thing about MJF. Mm -hmm. It's interesting to me. I think of MJF and LA Knight very similarly. And you're going to hear me talking about it. Or you know what? This is Thursday. You already heard me talking about it yesterday with Bishop. We're pre-recording okay. one with Bishop too. LA Knight is such an amazing pro wrestler. Does Bishop like LA Knight? You fucking better. By now, I will tell you I've won him over. If he didn't before our show yesterday, he's, he's won over He's an asshole now. if he didn't before. If he Jesus doesn't Christ. Now, That is true. Jesus Christ. So it makes him terrible. Uh, you don't but, have to like Killer Cross, but you got to fucking love goddamn LA Knight. Sorry. The thing I find about... Here's the LA Knight versus MJF argument I have. They're both great okay. pro wrestlers. In the, mm -hmm. And they're both, they're both of their gimmicks are really almost the same of just a pro wrestler, a pro wrestler who wants to win and make the most money and be on top. That's why they're here. Cause they think they're the best. They just go about it slightly different ways. They're both assholes about it. Most of the time, LA Knight has been able to be pull off the baby face thing as well. And it works. MJF's proven that he's a baby face over an AEW. It works. So the classic pro wrestler uh, gimmick can work. And it's interesting because it's not done a lot, but I feel like LA Knight comes off way more natural to me than MJF. MJF comes off as a character, as a person playing what he believes to be an asshole pro wrestler, pro wrestler. Where LA Knight, you go, this dude feels just turned up. You know what I mean? And I'm not trying to say that LA Knight's better than MJF and MJF's not as good as LA Knight. I'm just saying there are very similar gimmicks performed in very different ways. And to me... It's easier for me to buy what LA Knight's saying is the first time he said it than MJF. MJF sounds uh, rehearsed. He sounds cadenced. Like, listen to his, listen to like the last three promos you thought of his was great. Anyone who's listening, the last three promos you remember thinking, like, this was awesome. His last one on Dynamite with uh, Moxley, one of his ones against CM Punk, maybe one of his ones against Wardlow. He has the same cadence. He has, the way he says it is a way to remember his lines because he's written out his promo in advance and he wants to remember it. LA Knight will change his cadence because he's just going to say what he's going to say. It's what it feels like, right? So for me, hearing MJF do this promo at the end felt like another MJF promo where he was just yelling and screaming with a cadence. 
but he said good shit and that's just it is he always says good shit he just doesn't say it in the most believable way and i think that that's the one hurdle he has for me not that he's got to win me over by any means like fuck me who am i just some idiot online matter of fact if he even saw this clip you'd be like who the fuck is that idiot he's just some idiot online and you know what you're right i am you don't need to win me over but I am saying that I think the only thing for me that's a disconnect with him is that he doesn't come off super like he doesn't come off very, very natural. He comes off a little bit play and a little bit forced. And I think the more he tries to thumb down that this is just who I am all the time and I'm always this way and always talk this way, the more it becomes evident that you're not, especially like. Like I said, with Sam Roberts, they had an interview not that long ago, and you can hear MJF talking naturally to a person having a conversation, still being a smarmy asshole, still saying shitty things. He rips on Sam's kids. He rips on Sam's wife's cooking. It's fucking great, but it's a different cadence than any of the promos he cuts. On the flip side, you ever talk to LA Knight outside of the ring, and he's talking in a very similar way. He just doesn't break into a catchphrase. That's the forced part with him. But he talks in a very similar way. Aha, you know, not instead of na na, it's ah uh, yeah, or whatever. It's like oh, sounds great, man. Like he's got the same facial expressions, the same movements. You can see the difference in their comfortability there, and MJF turning it on versus LA Knight turning it up. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. But that's probably going to get a lot of heat. People are going to be like, "I'm an idiot. I think that MJF's not as good as LA Knight. LA Knight's a job or whatever." I like them both. <laughs> no, I mean, there's obviously a cut and dry. There's difference of, of promo. I don't think they're similar. No, I just think that the delivery of LA Knight is it's a different delivery. And yeah. it can be, yeah. <laughs> I mean, it can be a lot of different things. He has a lot of yeah. depth. MJF doesn't have that. And I think it's experience. That's true. That's true. That's true. I do believe on that note wholeheartedly that in five years, MJF's going to be seamless. You know what I mean? Like the mm-hmm. way that I feel like LA Knight was plug and play. When we saw him at hard times three years ago, I was like, my yeah. God, put this guy in the main event on SmackDown tomorrow. He was and ready. Sure MJF, I'm not saying he's not ready, but I'm saying there's a difference. And in five years, you're going to be like, holy shit, can we please have another 40 years of MJF? Yeah. But, you know, he's not even 30 yet. He's not. But he's 26. Thing. So the yeah. only other champions that I saw reported, and I don't know everything, who got a world championship uh, at 26 was The Undertaker, The Rock, and Yokozuna. Good company. Not, not bad company, one bit. I not would definitely company. sit at a dinner table with the four of them around. Maybe not Yokozuna. Well, I'm not saying I would get all the all the food, but I would sit there. <laughs> well, I'd be like squeezed in, like, hi. Oh, my yeah. God. Okay. Elbow, personal space, guys. Personal space. No. no. Uh, um, but yeah, overall, as much as I talk yeah. some shit on it and we're doing our thing and having fun and we're having drinks here in the dive bar, Full Gear was a pretty solid pay-per-view for the most part. It was there actually was one of, of their stuff. better ones in a long time. Do you think that... Because here's the other deal. I've seen this a lot in the last number of times. that The build to the pay-per-views are getting like worse and worse. And every pay-per-view, someone's like, this is the worst build I've had to a pay-per-view yet. Then the pay-per-view happens and they always say it over-delivers. 
do you think where WWE has kind of trained us to think that the go-home shows and the ending of the programs is to turn up the desire to watch it, that uh, Tony's taking the opposite approach to turn down the expectation of what they're going to get so you always over-deliver. I'm not saying that one's right or wrong or that Tony Khan's trying to let down the audience on his way to a pay-per-view, but I am saying like it almost feels intentional at a certain point that you keep having the weirdest go-home shows that disconnect and drive interest down and then you go through and have the the matches and the story on pay-per-view where you you have people turn to their friends and say you should probably check it out like it might not be the worst way to go about it i worked for a company for a long time that they said under promise and over deliver every time if you think you can do someone tell to, to a customer you think you can do this thing for a customer always tell them you can do half of what you think you can do so when you do the one thing it's double what they expected right versus saying i think i can do this thing and then coming up just shy well now you've let them down you know what i mean so what if that's Tony's fucking mantra here? Hey, under promise and over deliver every pay-per-view, baby. Just tell them it's going to be shit and give them something decent. But it's always shit. <laughs> yeah, I, but that's why this one surprised me because, you know, it was very predictable. Yes. In some varying degrees, degrees. But overall, it was good. There wasn't the only things that really killed it were camera work killed it. Yes. The the crowd. I'm going there. The crowd. Yeah. Because yep. they have shitty crowds. They did some shit. And I'd say um, too much tomfoolery. Those are the things that killed it. Other yeah. than that, it was actually pretty, pretty good considering yeah. it's an AEW production. Now, that being said, mm -hmm. I think sometimes that with Tony, he doesn't, I don't think he really, after three years, really has grasped someone, someone needs to kind of sit him down and say, look, bro, there are certain things that, you know, you have to do. Yeah. I don't know. I think that's where we're missing Cody because I think Cody was that yeah. one of, was the voice of reason. I agree with that. And I think sure. Tony didn't like that after a while, once he thought he got in the swing of things. He didn't like being challenged, like probably. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And no. you know, the Bucks aren't going to do it. That's not their thing. The Omega not going to do it. The only person yeah. is Jericho, you know? And yeah. that's quite obvious now because of everything that's happened. Because obviously now, him and Mox, we're the leaders of this thing. Well, maybe Mox is. Well, then they just resigned. They just, re they just extended Jericho's contract by like another 10 years or some shit. Good God. You're fucking fuck Judas every fucking. We it's crazy because I mean, it's crazy in some senses, but not in others when you think about it. it it's but. crazy in some senses, but you know, whatever. If you're a Chris Jericho fan, he's great. Good, good on you. Okay. You know, yeah. I mean, he's really trying to build a legacy, like, which is there's something commendable about what he's trying to do here. He's really trying to build a legacy and really trying to show that his final years in the business are going to be very impactful and meaningful and that he's doing something right. I don't think it's all landing. But it's definitely what he's trying for. And there's definitely something commendable about that. Mm -hmm. yeah. If I could be nice well, to Jericho for once, because I'm often not. <laughs> well, I'll, 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 I'll say this, okay? The only thing for me with Jericho is if you're going to take on this position, mm -hmm. right? 
and everything that's happened, you know, from fucking Muffin Gate, you know, to now, you really need to make sure that everybody is held accountable for things. Everybody. You can't yeah. play favorites in this bullshit. You know, you can't let some of these people fucking run shop when there's no reason for them to be doing that. Like the Brit Bakers, you know. It just it's it's not it's not a good thing because when you're playing mean girls in the back, you know, no one wants to, wants to go. And then yeah, you've got all these people that Tony that says play things, right? They even joke about it on the air. It's like that's not a good look. You know, because if I were like a Ruby Soho or someone, I would feel like shit. I would. I'd be all, is that all I am? But I'm getting paid. But seriously, is that all I am? You know, so, yeah, you got to eat. You got to, you got to, you know, you got to keep that shit on lock. And they don't do that. Tony doesn't do that. Everyone wants to be Tony's friend. Okay. And I. And I really, honestly, I don't think that that's the way to approach it. He should not be, oh, all my wrestlers are friends. Because you know what? He's fucked a lot of them over. He has. Yeah. And looking at it now, it's like he promises a lot of shit to a lot of people. And it does not go through. The only ones who seem like they get their shit through is because that they've been kissing somebody's ass or whatever. But I don't know. Who am I to say? I just am on the outside, but, and I've never been in the business, but just as an outsider looking in and when you, because I think being an, an indie fan, I've seen the good, the bad, and the ugly. I've seen yep. it with people. Okay. And I'm very observant. So a lot of things I see and I'm just like, that's not how to be. And yeah. this is, you know, and whatever. And I don't know. I'm just a Yahoo on here that just talks shit. On a Thursday night. Just a drinking buddy. I'm Just a drinking buddy. Just a drinking buddy. I'm a nobody. Before but we wrap it up. Reason, yeah, but for some reason, there's influence there. But yeah. I also wanted to ask you, did you see um, Jamie Hayter in the scrum? I saw a clip of it where she talked about how special it was for her to win, how everyone who's in the industry works really hard. So it's silly to say that, you know, someone is a hard worker. Um, mm -hmm. And that if her career ended tomorrow, that she would be so thrilled with this as a yeah. cap for it. Yeah. And I thought that was very cool. And I felt like was it was cool. classy. It was the first question that was asked. Huh. It was about the unification. Oh, what did they say? Tony. Oh, God. Tony cut her off real quick to make sure he answered it. And she didn't answer it at all. Okay. Was, you know, and I thought it was very interesting because. He was basically trying to cover, you know, what Tony has been saying. Spot. Tony Storm yeah. was saying He's about in a tough spot with that. Yeah. He's in a very tough spot with that. And I think, you, you know, he did. He did put himself there. It's like you allowed for that behavior to happen. Okay. Well, beyond. Let's, like, okay. Let's, let's just rephrase that because that's going to sound like you've allowed Thunder Rosa to have the behavior of faking an injury. And that is not what we're saying. No, 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 he, no, no. That's not what I'm saying. He allowed for the behavior initially for the men to have an interim title so they wouldn't have to strip them of the title to where he felt cornered yeah. to have to do the same thing for the women who, when Thunder had her injury and it was found to be much worse than what the man went through, she yeah. was now put in a and position now, to hold on to an interim title for much longer because of that. 
his decisions to be now, made not a Thunder Rosa thing. But now he's trying to say, well, you know, um, like he wants to renege on that. That's what that his answer made it sound like. But go go back and watch that first one. Because I was okay. like, yeah, what the fuck, dude? Like it just yeah. kind of threw me for a loop. And then there was another one too where they acclaimed someone asked them about the on Wednesday on Dynamite the rap because there were a lot yeah. of things that were kind of digging and you know and whatnot. And they were very kind of a, they were laughing about it because I guess something had happened or something was said during the rap. But it was very interesting that, you know, they had addressed like, well, you know, things about like the like the internet media you know mm. and i just i don't listen to their raps so you'd have to tell me i don't know i don't know i don't know what it I was forward, they're just they're loud and obnoxious to me so i just skip their their segments because yeah i don't but it was interesting because it's like they're basically saying that you know you guys just make shit up and all this other stuff and oh, yeah. tony was Thank laughing you. all of them were laughing but it's really interesting to me because then well um, I will say this what, in defense of the wrestling media, yeah. not that I'm defending them. I don't think they're ever they ever make shit up themselves. Make shit up themselves. I think they are fed shit that is made up that they believe. They always run well, with what they said without being able to fact check everything that they're hearing. Well, also, what is the qualification to be wrestling media? Because they had somebody yesterday, new person all up in there, and I was like. What the fuck? So you're letting fans now who yes. do a podcast get to go yes. to these media things? Because let me yes. tell you, don't make me make fly Marsha out to San Francisco so we can both go into that media scrum after revolution and, you know, ask these questions. But we're probably going to get kicked out because they're fucking real and hard hitting and not like, oh, well, congratulations. So on if, women's title. Blah, if blah, we're blah. being if I'm being honest, we yeah. meet. All of the qualifications for anyone to be considered a wrestling journalist or wrestling media in this current atmosphere, for sure. But something I think you might find kind of fascinating is uh, uh, I produce Pro Wrestling Spotlight with John Arezzi. His co-host is Bob mm -hmm. Smith from the Pro Wrestling yeah. uh, Insider. Mm -hmm. um, oh, whoops. Um, uh, um, he was a sports journalist before he got on with Pro Wrestling Illustrated. And he mm -hmm. told, he had mentioned on one of their episodes, so it's worth going back and listening, that back in the day when he became a journalist, you had to have a journalist degree, a journalism background, and several articles that had already been published in the sports field. Nowadays, yeah. it's quite often word of mouth, who's a fan, show me a sample of your writing, do you have a podcast? It's all like, it's... It's just fan for fan now. Where back then it was a because it was so much kayfabe and they wanted to protect it. There was a much more kayfabe realm around the journalism too. We need actual journalists to report this stuff to give the kayfabe sense of of the sport, right? So I would say that yeah, there's every bit of what we do qualifies for wrestling media, but I wonder if they have a limit on what's your follower or listenership or something like that. Okay, because here's the thing. It's no secret that wrestlers listen to us. Yeah. You know, we have proof. It's episode one. Uh, you know, and I I know for a fact 
that things that you've said and I've said have been quoted by people because I didn't hear that kind of shit anywhere else. So, and I think we do have a scope of influence. You more so probably than me. I'm just like the big mouth, but a lot of people. I'm just even keel. You're even keel (laughs) with your five different million shows, you know, because there's probably a reason why Medusa was like pro you, you know. Honestly, I think it's because we got along. I don't think that she gave two shits about my show. I think it was because we got along when we met. We had very good conversations. We had very different views. And the conversation was was uh, fruitful because that's what we've been talking about here from since since episode one. We're all here for the conversation, whether you like it or whether you don't. You shouldn't get your blood pressure out of whack. You shouldn't be making enemies to the core. We're all talking about fun TV shows that we like or live events that we like. We're talking about play fighting in a really serious sense. And that's the fun part. As long as no one takes it too seriously, but also the fun part is sometimes taking it too seriously. It's like when you drink with your friends, that's the whole reason we're the die bar, the IWC, you can yell and scream about TV shows. Should Mm -hmm. Ross and Rachel be back together? Just yell at the top of your lung. But at the end of the day, you're having drinks with your friends talking about shows that you like. That's what we're yeah. doing here. And I think that that mentality came across. And that's why she's like, you'd be good to co-host this with me. And that's why I also that, do that, that's um, awesome. paving the way. But yeah, and if you the- look, Trash Talk, mm-hmm. we started a wrestling podcast, me and Medusa. Trash Talk, we first episode's already out. Talked about Nick Aldis and NWA. So worth checking out. Go to youtube.com slash queen of carnage. Go ahead. Finish your sentence. <laughs> no, I was going to say, well, not some of us have enemies. Yes, That'd be me. you've done but, that. I have not. <laughs> no, you have not. But I think you're guilty by Except association. Except Sean Spears. So. That's true. Oh, that, but that's you. That's you. You did it's that. It's on me. You and that's Sean true. Spears did that. That was your thing. That's true. Okay. And he's got no idea we have heat, so it's different. <laughs> Maybe he might. I don't know. He might, Someone it. might listen to the show who knows him and is like, hey, Spears, the fucking ref dude. He's got beef with you. What the fuck is up with that? Yeah, he I thinks you're an asshole. Canadian. He says it all the time. <laughs> be nice, you know, but I, I don't know. But what I'm saying is you're probably hated by association. Ocean Spray. Oh, I wouldn't. Then I again, wouldn't know about him specifically, but I do think that I've. I, uh, yeah, I do think that uh, associating with you directly has made positive and negative influences on others. You know what I mean? Like Uh-oh. my my association with Roy now has been great, and that came through you. Mm-hmm. So anybody mm-hmm. who likes the Cauliflower Alley, Alley Club, uh, give them a give them a little follow and keep track of them. Hopefully, mm-hmm. I'm working with them next year. So I know uh, you will yeah. be. You're working with all sorts of people. You will be. But you know, yeah, I would say negative would be all. God, that girl's a bitch. But yeah, no. But you know what? I call it how is it how it is. And I only yeah. associate with the good people. And if I think you're a piece of shit, there's probably a reason why I think you're a piece of shit. And at the end of the day, like I said at the beginning, we're talking about wrestling. So if someone likes, I can't stand that person because of their opinions about wrestling. It's like, okay, Mm -hmm. we may have gone too far already. Oh, that already (laughs) happened to me. We probably already need to step back a little bit. (laughs) Yeah, people do that. Listen to Marsh because people, y'all do that to me. Okay. And I've been like some places I'm not comfortable going because y'all started that narrative, not me. 
In defense, I have muted plenty of people online that I just strictly disagree with everything they've ever said. And I just not interested in having conversation with them because of how much vitriol they, they respond with when people do have a differing opinion. So there's a number of people I've muted because it's like, well, we'll never get along. That person's pretty mean to people they disagree with. And I don't agree with anything they say. No point in us interacting anymore. Exactly. So you don't have to that, like but... us. You can mute me. You can block me. I don't care. I've got lots of people blocking me. I don't give a shit. <laughs> I do so... want to ask you about one more thing before we uh, talk a little mm -hmm. bit about, before we put over our sponsor and, and have last call. Uh, okay. There was a, an article that came out that okay. specified that Colt Cabana, who you may have heard of, uh, had a wrestling match on a dynamite, which you may have been aware of. That that created a created a larger tension between AEW and CM Punk as they're negotiating his exit, which I thought was funny because the argument being because this was immediately followed up by so at the scrum Nick Houseman, shout out to the Houseman. Asked Tony Direct, did you or did you not, or did CM Punk or did CM Punk not ask you to remove Colt Cabana from the AEW locker room and move him to Ring of Honor? And Tony said, no, CM Punk never said anything about Colt Cabana to move him, to remove him from the locker room or take him to Ring of Honor. That was his statement, right? However, if you're going to tell me in one statement, CM Punk says, I don't care where he lives. I don't care where he eats. I don't care where he works. I don't care where he doesn't work. I don't care where he eats. You're like, okay, you don't care, but you seem really impassioned by the act of what he's doing in his existence, right? Mm -hmm. If you don't care about any of that, and you're going to say that CM Punk said nothing about him ever, then how could a man having a match on TV create tension? Those stories don't coexist in a world of reason. So to me, it was more of an indictment and then trying to backpedal. Ooh, CM Punk didn't like that. I thought he doesn't like him. He doesn't care about him. <laughs> like, I thought he didn't ask him to be removed. No, 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 he didn't. He just hates that he was being used. So that feeling wasn't present in the back. You know what I mean? To me, as an outsider looking in, my presumption would actually be that CM Punk never said the words, get Colt Cabana out of here. I don't want to see Colt Cabana ever take him to Ring of Honor. I do believe that anytime his name came up, he said, I'd rather not talk about him. Anytime he walked by him, he goes, man, I hate bumping into him. Anytime there was any way to undermine Colt, he took advantage of that and said, wouldn't he be good at Ring of Honor more so than here? I think things like that were probably more prevalent than the direct uh, command, Tony, you get Colt out of here. I think he was very careful with his wording to say, if Colt's here, I'm not. You know what I mean? <laughs> like it was a little bit different and a little bit more conniving. And I think that saying that that created tension exploits that. And then saying that he never said that just edifies that that's been my perception for a while. Shout out to Nick Hausman for asking the hard-hitting questions. Nick Hausman's the man. Um, I expected Tony Khan to give a bullshit answer like that. Yep. He's got to be the good guy. Okay? He doesn't do anything wrong. Yes. All right? 
Here's my take. We all know Phil. Phil's a dick. I'm pretty sure Phil doesn't hide anything. Okay? I'll respect the fact he's like me. He tells it how it is. He doesn't fucking care. If it benefits him, then, you know, he's going to say it even more so. I don't do that, but that's where we differ. So I'm pretty sure one of the first things that was said the first day he arrived, because they, because Colt was there the first day he was there, right? Is he probably was like, I do not want to see this person. Don't want to be anywhere near this person. Can we make sure that that does not happen? Mm. Yeah. And when you say that to the boss, he's like, oh, okay. Cause you know, he's given this guy a shitload of money and thinks yep. he's going to make his, you know, his money back tenfold that that would happen. Colt would probably be, and I'm only saying this is because this is how, um, what I've seen of Colt over the years, Colt does not like drama. Okay. So he probably was like, okay, I'll just stay away. Okay. I, I, I don't want to cause any friction for anybody and he probably is just like i'll just go hide in my little whatever i don't mm -hmm. have to be around because that's what colt cabana does yeah trust me i know this and if colt cabana is like no you're a liar i'll say i have receipts buddy anyway <laughs> <laughs> i do but i think that the passive aggressive comments were always made because you know was one of those things where you know when Colt sued him for that yeah it was a bitch move but again you don't say certain things if you're not gonna you know if you didn't mean it and I think that that yeah. was the biggest thing with it and, and Colt more than anybody knew the guy was a dick and he protected him for years so yeah. I'm really sure that it was said and hinted many a time, yeah. you know, and I'm pretty sure that the words are like, oh, you know, when he was working with Ring of Honor, this is what he did and blah, 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 blah. So that was the way to get him, get Colt out of Punk's hair. And of course, you know, Tony Khan taking it up the ass. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Okay. Okay. And that's what happened. I think Tony Khan's a liar as far as this situation goes. I think he's a liar. A lot, of a lot of situations go. <laughs> that situation he's a liar. And I think a lot of other situations too. Yeah. He promises people a lot of things and it doesn't pull through. Yeah. Okay. How can you be really buddy buddy with Joey Janela and then all of a sudden now the fucking you there's friction. Yep. Joey Janela's one of the most real motherfuckers I know. Yeah. I want to talk to him when his NDA is up. There's no way he doesn't have an NDA. Oh, me too. Me too. Me too. I want to have a little interview session. I'm going to ask him when his NDA is up. I think it's. I think it, it'd be great. Just let him go fuck it, on Buck Wild. Give him a couple little oh, no, treats. No, 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 no. Like, he. I've, I've, I want to ask him in person. So that's why I haven't messaged him to ask him. Because I'm like, yo, when's it up? Because I want to have first. Is it up by Mania season? Because if it's up by Mania, we could do an in-person out in LA. Yeah. I'm like, yo, all we need. All we need is to get Kim some fucking Marlboro lights, fucking whatever. Keystone. Is he a Keystone again. light guy? Oh, he's a White Claw guy, right? 
Well, I don't know. He drinks a lot of different shit, so I'd have to ask him what mood he was in. So, but you know, I'll bring a bottle of whiskey, and I don't bring shit whiskey. Yeah, I know you don't. No, I know you don't. No, no. But I will say this too: is like, I think that we should have an off segment where, you know, I because I can get a lot of the wrestlers to you know let's sit down and bullshit. You know, do they like cigars? I'll bring a shitload of cigars too. We used to have a fucking power cigar person. Fucking, um, he's a cigar person. Starks is, MJF is, yeah. Marty, a lot of them. Well, I'm a, I got like hundreds of cigars. I'm big into it. I, I know you do. It. You like a fucking uh, walking humidor. But like I said, I don't trust Tony Khan. I, re- I, I just, re- I really don't. And in this situation, hundred percent, that was a bullshit answer. For sure. For sure. my father's grave. That's a bullshit answer. I think I think for sure. I didn't believe a second of what he said. Uh, let's let's wrap it up on this one thing though, because this just came out like two hours ago. Um, okay. During the scrum, Jungle Boy did say that he was dressed in Shawn Michaels inspired gear from '97 Hell in a Cell, and that it was a dig on Luchasaurus, who'd always said it was his favorite match. So he was trying to like get in his head. So Austin Gunn tweeted out a picture of him and his brother coming out in Shawn My Shawn Michaels inspired gear, saying Kid wants to be a gun so bad. To which Jungle Boy said, I don't know. I think I prefer being booked on pay-per-views. To which Colton Gunn said, I guess if we changed with the Bucks and stayed up until 6 a.m. with the boss, we could get a spot too. I love that shit. He just cannot get his locker room in order. How do you stay up till 6 a.m., Tony? Answer the question. (laughs) I know. If you stay up till 6 a.m., but you're up by 10, how do you keep going all day? Tony, answer the question. Tony. That's why you need to go. You need. I need to fly you up. Revolution. We need to go and be the media. Because if they can make <laughs> this one chick and her husband, who are new fans of wrestling, not even two years into it, and their media, why can't our little show be media? We've broken stories. Oh, yeah. We no, have. Because we're drinking buddies. We're drinking buddies, and that's what you do when you drink. You fucking talk shit. You talk the shit. Hell yeah. Seriously, because what would what would what would you think would happen when you go? You know, I'm Ref Marsh from you know Wrestling on the Rocks. <laughs> they would be okay. Well, what the fuck, right? You know, it'd be funny to go up there and like just just to be a dick. Uh, this is Ref Marsh from Wrestling on the Rocks Pro Wrestling Spotlight with John Arezzi and Trash Talk with Medusa. I have <laughs> a quick question. Like, <laughs> <laughs> and I would sit there. All- <laughs> They're like, what the fuck? <laughs> oh my God, we got to do it. We got to do it. I'm such a shit starter. We got to do it. And I can swear, I swear, if I go up and say, Miss Amanda Jane and Tony Khan, fuck. Mm. God damn it. Who let this bitch in? <laughs> Dude, you know. Have you ever thought about making Scroll Scout cookies? Scroll Scout cookies? Yeah. Like after Marty? Yeah. That's a very good, interesting thought. Are you talking with with something or without something? I don't know. Maybe with something. Let's figure it out. Let's work on that a little bit. We'll we'll get the ball rolling on the Scroll Scout cookies. Maybe we make a design of a box and send it his way. No, it'd be great is if I can um, get him gear. If I well, I don't sew, but I'd have to work with someone. I can design the gear. I can see yeah. it now. I have a vision. All right. Okay. Let's do it. 
Miss Amanda Jane, I do want to say before we go that if anybody here, like you said, who uh, may be a wrestler or otherwise, you might have aches and pains and you may have anxieties. Things mm-hmm. you can do to combat that would be a place like curable.com, K-U-R-I-B-L.com. If you use promo code MADTHANKS or promo code PWS, you can get 20% off any order. This is premium CBD products. I've been trying it for a little while here. They got Delta 8, Delta 9. If you're in states in which they can ship those items to, otherwise they do have CBD isolate, which has zero THC in it. They've got gummies, teas, face masks, roll-ons, uh, muscle creams, dry sprays. They have a ton of, of things. Here. And if you have pets, huh? How do you have a face mask with? So it's a CBD infused face mask that you put it on. Oh, is that the to... sheets? Yes. Well, I'm about to try one of those. They're very cool. Uh, I haven't gotten one yet. They have bath bombs. I still have to try oh. that. I was going to do oh. that. I was going to work out really hard and get sore and then do it. I just uh, have not wanted to do the first part yet. We'll get there. Uh, but they've got a ton of stuff. And you got pets. they got dog treats. If you got horses, they have horse feed with CBD. So your horses don't get anxiety or pain when you have wow. to nail in those shoes or whatever. I don't know how that works. I, I don't either. I'm not. I don't understand contracts. But I don't understand, I do understand. farm animals. <laughs> but I do understand CBD and curable.com. K-U-R-I-B-L.com. Promo code MADTHANKS or promo code PWS. Whichever one you can remember to get 20% off all of your CBD. Uh, Kurt Angle uses it. Medusa uses it. Like if you can, if if you have a broken neck and you go, this stuff's pretty good, I'm gonna listen to that guy. You should send them to Soraya. Yeah, she probably has Kurt Angle's number though. Yeah. And then Tony Storm, that nose, that must hurt. Tony Storm could use some CBD. They have uh, even the tinctures, which are very good. The little droplets go under your tongue. Uh, mm. They have a cinnamon flavor one that I've been having that's awesome. So, mm. is what I can't it is. Wait to try. Yeah. Uh, but for everyone else out there in Thanksgiving land, I'm glad that you came through to have a drink with your drinking buddies on Thanksgiving Day of all days, away from your family and friends. I hope that this was sweet relief from the drama that is your family around the turkey table. <laughs> so what are you thankful for in wrestling right now? Bailey. <laughs> Sammy Zayn for reals though. Everything that's happening Sammy for Sammy Zayn has been amazing. Sola Sokoa getting his shot has been awesome. LA Knight starting a feud with Bray Wyatt. As much as I'm not looking forward to LA Knight eating that loss, I am loving every minute of their interactions. And if you have not seen SmackDown yet, Miss Amanda Jane, this is a SmackDown you should go back and watch. I'm, I'm going sure. back to watch it because I was trying to the other night and I fell asleep, but definitely going back because it's been looking really good. Some of the clips I've been seeing, Sami Zayn's killing me. I got to watch. So I good. Mean, Three me, segments with the LA Knight. Oh, oh, yep. Awesome. That's awesome. Yeah, I, oh, I can't wait. I'm going to have to do that soon. But yeah. But uh, I will say this. I'm thankful for Mandy Rose being yes. quite an excellent uh, NXT Women's Championship champion. She's really elevated a lot of people in that organization and that show. So I'm very thankful for that. Did you see Thunder um, Rosa put her over on Busted Open too? I did. I and they did. had a little interaction on Twitter back and forth. When your faves mm-hmm. are loving on your faves, it's such a good feeling. It's the best thing ever. And my thing is, it's like, 
if you've got the fucking seal from fucking Thunder Rosa, you know, you're doing something. Yeah, because, you know, I mean, she's probably right now, you know, these two women are probably right now some of the best female wrestlers in the world right now. Yeah. And I was I would kill to see Mandy versus Thunder Rosa. I don't know how that would happen unless Thunder Rosa sure. somewhere, but you know, for now. Yeah. Um, so definitely thankful for that. I am thankful that Ethan Page is finally kind of getting a shot. What happens, we don't know. Um I'm thankful for actually one thing is all my all my wrestling buddies and you guys tuning in to uh to watch episode one. I know we're kind of crappy, and maybe one day we'll get to episode two. I don't know, but we've got close, so I'm thankful. Definitely thankful for all you. And a quick shout-out and uh, to Kari Sane, returning to the ring, having the tournament, and being the first-ever IWGP Women's Champion. That is awesome. That That is is awesome. So cool. That is pretty cool. And seeing the emotion on her face in all the different pictures, every picture I see that comes across my feed makes me happier than the last. So keep posting them guys. Cause this is, Oh yeah. It was really cool. I can't really wait cool. to see that at uh wrestle kingdom. Her match. And, and a nod Maybe to Bailey for murdering her to send her back to J- Japan. The last Don't thing she did on WWE TV was get beat the shit up by Bailey. <laughs> <laughs> and she was just unconscious on the ground while Bailey was banging her head on the ground. So it's like, did she murder her? Cause she never came back. And then you go, yeah, kind of. So, and I will be thankful. Okay, I know this is the day after Dynamite. If Colt Cabana was on the Dynamite in Chicago, I will be thankful. If not, fuck you, Phil. Fuck you, Chicago. Fuck you, Tony. Absolutely. And guys, oh, we uh, didn't even say that with the elite when they came out. The whole chant that was a beautiful chant. I had oh, that there. was funny. The ch- the crowd that was, was chanting "fuck CM Punk." Punk. I Someone cackled. had mentioned though that it was because of where they were. They were in Jersey, correct? Yeah. That in Jersey, even when he was the Ring of Honor champion, that CM Punk was booed in Jersey, and he used to refer to Jersey as the anti-Chicago. So there is the belief that some of this audience may have been skewed towards hatred towards him anyways oh, which bullshit. the chant the chant may not have happened otherwise but i'm glad it did i am too if it can happen sweet, in chicago that would sweet, be sweet sweet well because here's the other deal is sometimes people watch the show and they go oh we can say that and then they chant it at the next one so i hope every time the elite comes out a fuck cm punk chant breaks out that'd be nice I'd like i do too and especially in chicago because boy and, that front row is gonna feel really fucking awkward I I also think that Tony Khan should not release CM Punk, should keep him under contract and monetize the shit out of his name and try and get his money back, but just never release him from his contract. So for the next three, four years, you know, he's sitting on his ass. Keep making new T-shirts, keep making new figures, make Christmas ornaments, but also make a fuck CM Punk T-shirt. Yep. But also, Ryan Barkin won't do that. But why not? But anyways. It should be a Colt Cabana one that says Fox Steel Punk. But anyways. It could um, have a little Colt Cabana smile in the F. Yeah, like, the or in smiley the U. face with the headband. Oh, yeah. Yeah, it'd be like, like F oh, with a Colt Cabana smiley face. Ah, and then a CK. So, like, remember Stone Cold's Fuck Fear shirt, but it had a skull mm-hmm. where the U goes? Same mm-hmm. thing, but.
fuck CM Punk, but where the U is, it's Colt Cabana's face. That would so be a I number would one seller. <laughs> That'd be top top shirt of the year, I think. <laughs> yeah. But then, but then also remember, Phil is going on some bootsy MMA program, and is every he's, chance he gets to dig Tony at Coney Con, he's doing it. He gets, and you know that's why I'm like that's such a bullshit answer, Tony. The guy's talking shit about you. He's this was your fucking shit. golden boy. If I were yep. you. Don't be political, man. Just say, you know what? He did. Just he was fucking a letdown. point the blame. Yeah. You know? He was it's a letdown. No he did it. Yeah. And even say, yeah. look, he said it. I was swayed by him. I was caught up in the moment. I agreed with it. I was trying to make okay. my top pick. And you go, okay, Tony, it's okay I get to it. be a fanboy. It's okay. Yes. That's how we all I got here. I myself when I freaked out in front of Luke Perry. Okay? Yeah. It's okay. Even Luke Perry validated that to me. It's yes. okay to be a fangirl or a fanboy. It is. Yep. It's okay. Yep. Just don't be a fucking liar and fucking treat us like we're stupid. That's all. Yep. That's it. Mm -hmm. That's the whole thing. <laughs> all right. Well, Miss Amanda yes. Jane, thank you for spending a little bit of pre-Thanksgiving on Thanksgiving as this was pre-recorded. So anybody who was in the comments, thank you so much for popping in the comments and trying your hardest to derail the show, but you did not get you us can't. for the first time. <laughs> so if Spinner Fox was in there, fuck you, dude. You couldn't do yeah. it. Oh yeah, Splinter Fox probably by now has had so many cryptic messages yes. that Marsh is like, you need to fucking read. Just crazy. Text. Yeah, and yeah, then now and, I'm gonna have then, to go through all the comments after the fact yeah. and like, oh god, Splinter Fox blew me up. And then all of a sudden, you know, Bishop's gonna say something really stupid and it's like terrible take. What the hell? Why Just are you even outrageous? Yeah. Yeah. And then we'll get high E in there as well. You always get a high E. And then one of the brothers in time will pop in. Most likely Justin. Yeah. Yes. And he's going to cringe at the Mandy Rose positivity talk, too. Yeah. Grim Reaper's got a family now. There's no way he was in the chat. But Miss Amanda Jane, thanks for coming through. Thanks, everyone, for being our drinking buddies over the past year as we uh, keep doing it. And we'll be back next week right here in the Die Bar of the IWC for a brand new episode one. Guys, that's us call. Cheers. Hey, producer lady here. Thanks for tuning in. Continue to support us or buy us a drink by following and putting the eye and subscribe on Twitch. Or subscribe and review our podcast on Apple Podcasts or wherever you listen to us. Cheers! I would never have a drink with wrestling on the rocks.